like the bunker sucks and it's like a bummer to have to eat people for six years. <laughs> That's a bummer. Until there's a quick way to get to like a new bed, I'm gonna stay yeah. at this bed. It's a bummer to have to eat people. <laughs> wow. What a cool understatement. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Why the Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I am a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. The food I would be most upset about Octavia burning would be cheesecake, because I really love cheesecake. Mm. Yeah. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The food I would be most upset about Octavia burning would be pizza. Ooh, that's a good one. Good one, good one. Plus, burnt pizza's just gross regardless. Yes. No. Exactly, exactly. And who are you? <laughs> My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 25-year-old writer and communication specialist in sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I write about the 100 over at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Uh, the food I would be most upset about Octavia Burning would be chicken nuggets because I am a child. Oh, mm. chicken nuggets. Right. Oh, we can't lose chicken nuggets. I know, they're just so good. Oh. Sam, you were around for like weeks and weeks, but there were only two episodes. Is yeah, that weird? frankly homophobic. Yeah. What's up with this airing schedule? Weird. I like originally thought I was going to get to watch four episodes with Brittany, and then it's mm. like, lol, no, only two. And I was Lame. like, great. This every other week thing is not working for me. Because then we can only have you on for two episodes because, I mean, you know, when we do our Lost podcast, we have guests because we have time to edit them. But when this has to go up so quickly, we like to only have one or two uh, tracks to edit, which makes life easier. So Fair, fair. Yeah. But we're on the same track, so no big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what you're saying is I need to um, just be with Brittany all the time. Yes. That's, that's, that's what Brittany's that. always saying. <laughs> I mean, really. She, she's right, you know. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 506 of The 100, Exit Wounds. Let's start with some thoughts from listeners. Okay. So uh, we talked about um, Monty and Octavia's sort of like reunion wave thing. Mm-hmm. And we said like, have Monty and Octavia ever had even that much of a relationship? And then we got in mass. Just, like, at least five people being like, excuse me, I have words. So, <laughs> shout out oh, to all those we got exposed. Does that mean we're dumb? Yeah, it means we're dumb. Um, oh, yay, I love being dumb. But thank you for correcting us, everybody who got a hold of us for that, because we appreciate it, and that way we're allowed to remind people if they also forgot about this important plot point. So, the one that I picked out was from at Witch on Twitter, and they said... Monty essentially killed his mother to save Octavia in 311, and it was him who convinced her that they, the hundred and delinquents, share a special bond even when she's feeling lost. They're Def's friends, but it's super underrated and usually forgotten about. Mm-hmm. <gasps> he, oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Totally, me too. I think maybe because I've only seen that episode once or twice, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, I forgot that it was to save Octavia's life. Oh, poor Monty. And now yeah. she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I also wanted to point out a comment that we got on our SoundCloud from Subatomic Fox, who uh, commented, I agree that Octavia shouldn't have brushed Clark off, but Clark wasn't offering any actual solutions either. It kind of reminded me of when she was with Lex's people planning how to get into Mount Weather, and she kept shooting down ideas without offering up her own. Here she kept telling them why they couldn't go this way or that way, but not what way they should go. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think because she, I think in this case, it's because she disagreed that they should go at all, Mm -hmm. which I think Mm -hmm. is the difference because she didn't want to go back and lead them all there. No, I mean, she wants to get back to Maddie. But the safe way, not Octavia marching an army in kind of way. Yeah, that's fair. And she doesn't want them, like, fighting on the last piece of the earth that is actually, you know, her home. Yeah, exactly. Talking a little bit about the title, basically an exit wound is when you get shot and, or I guess stabbed (laughs) or whatever, and the bullet comes out the other side exiting your body, which makes a wound. People got shot today, so makes yes, sense. they did. Yeah, it also I, just like, what's ahead. that, Sam? Oh, mine was very stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know what yours was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So there's this song called "Exit Wounds." I think it's by the script. The minute Robin's like, "It's stupid," I'm like, "I need to hear it immediately." Yeah. <laughs> When, it, when I heard what the episode title was, I just thought of that song because <laughs> because there was this fan video to that song once. Oh, no. Um, did you want to guess? Did you want to guess? Um, I'm going to guess it's a fan video about Lost. It's not. What? Pick the next thing. High School Musical. No. Come on. Harry Potter. Yeah. It was a Harry Potter fan video. And it, it was <laughs> about Draco and Harry, but it wasn't dreary. It was just about them and their, like, similarities and stuff. It was a good video. Okay, guys, I have a question. Uh, okay. Toot or boot? Uh, toot. Yeah, I'm gonna give it in between a newt and a toot. Yeah, I'm giving it a newt. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it was bad. No, no, that definitely no. doesn't mean it's bad, because if it was bad, it would be a boot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, some of the things that people are talking, like, saying about it makes me feel a little bit better about it, but when I was watching it, I was just like, okay. Like, at no point did I, was I just like, this is bad, but at no point I was just like, this is the best! You know? I had a great time. Great. Tell me what your favorite part was. Uh, I liked the Blake sibling sparring scene. I liked uh, all the stuff with Maddie and Clark. I cried a little when uh, she told Maddie to find Abby if anything happened to her. Mm-hmm. I liked the girlfriend line. Um, so I liked basically, the- Sam liked the parts related to Abby. I-, yep. I also liked all of the Becco stuff. I thought it was great. I thought Echo... I thought they... Finally established Echo outside of just being Bellamy's love interest, which I liked. That's right. true, and a that's lot. a controversial opinion in these parts. Apparently. Like, I thought that they, like, a lot of people's complaints so far about their plotline this season is that they haven't, like, established Echo after the time jump, and I felt like they, that this episode did that really well. Yeah. Although I do definitely have some cl- complaints about Harper. Yeah, Harper yeah. is what the heck? She's in, like, how many lines has Harper even had this season? Like, five, maybe? Maybe ten. Yeah, but yeah like, maybe ten because of that what? scene with Monty. I'm just, like, so baffled by it because at first it was just like, oh, they forgot about Harper a little bit. Like, okay, well, maybe they'll get, they'll get around to her. But, like, this feels, like, deliberate because she's like, I'm in the room. I'm going to say nothing. Bye. And then she leaves. It's weird. Like, hello, she spent six years with Echo, too. Yeah. It's really weird. And, like, they're supposed to be a family, and, like, parts of the group act like a family. Monty and Bellamy act like a family. Mm -hmm. 
Echo and Raven act like a family. Obviously, Raven and Bellamy act like a family. But, like, Harper kind of seems like the odd man out. Yeah, like, she's just being used to, like, push other people's stories. Yeah, like, everyone's a family, like, around the Christmas table. Christmas dinner table. And Harper's, like, the estranged uncle who, like, knocks on the door drunk and is just like, Hey, guys! I heard it's Christmas! Exactly. Which doesn't make sense because, I mean, it's Harper. Yeah. Like, they're just not giving her anything since the first episode, which is really strange. Like, all she's done since the first episode was, like, ask about other people. And it's like, um, hello, she is also a person. I think, like, each season a character suffers from being, like, sidelined. Yeah, that's true. And because Harper is a secondary character, I guess she's getting less. But, you know, Amori's a secondary character, too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Amori got less last year. That's true. Because basically her entire, like, thing was get tortured by Clark and Abby. Yeah. She got one, like, really good episode and then... I, I would disagree. I would disagree, for sure. Um, Why? Amori had, like, an entire episode about that whole Bayless thing and about how, like, Har- like... Clark was loved, and so she was, and she was thrown away like someone's garbage. No, I agree. She had that episode, but like, what else did she do that besides that? Right. Okay. Um, and like Harper had, but I mean, I'm still waiting for Harper to get her own episode. Then Harper had like one good That's episode fair. last year, season two, but like they haven't had much to do, like either of them, right? Recently, Harper had a couple things last season though, because she had the Black Rain. With and Lewis. then she had Lewis. Yeah. R.I.P. Lewis. And then she had that big thing with Monty during Jasper's episode. I think oh, that was during yeah. the other side. Okay, yeah. So, Harper had a lot more last year. Yeah, and she kind of had like, um, oh, she also got that backstory with Clark when she was doing the list, and Clark mm-hmm. left Harper off the list. Right, because of a medical thing that her like dad had or something. Yeah, exactly. Like there was a little bit more to Harper, whereas this season Who? I I don't really know anything about Harper's time on the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not really. I want to no. know about, like, Harper and Monty must have had, like, one hard time. I would like to hear about it. Right? Like, at least one hard time. <laughs> and I think that's, I know that n- narratively, we don't need to see the flashbacks on the ring because the story and the character relationships tell us that it was mostly harmonious. Yeah. But I would like to see some flashbacks just kind of showing us how the dynamics came to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe we'll get, like, one or two somewhere throughout the season. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with it not being now because I really love the flashbacks in season three. Like, the Pike flashbacks, like, was closer yeah. to the yeah. end of the season. If they do that, then that's fine. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I totally well, agree. a lot of people didn't like that and felt that wasn't the place for flashbacks. But for me right before the penultimate episode is where you should look back and then demonstrate how far your characters have come. Y'all, yeah. I'm a hoe for a flashback, okay? Well, that's like the whole <laughs> plot of that upcoming episode, The Dark Year, right? Oh, I am so excited. Yes! Oh my god. I'm nuts about that. Also, my mom has a theory that she wants me to talk about. Oh! Ooh. Do you want to talk about I it now? Denise theories. No, we'll talk about it when they talk about The Dark Year. Okay. Okay. Do you guys want to get started talking? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about um, Murphy and Amori first. Aww, Amori. They're so cute. Okay. I loved them. I always love them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But you know, like, they're just so easy to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they don't have Murphy's location, so he must be in a cave. 
but they'll kill him as soon as he surfaces. Neat. Okay. I don't think they're going to do that. So now they've been gone for, or under the, in the cave at least for three hours, and he's talking about how caves are their thing. Um, good callback. <laughs> good callback to a scene that we end up, we wound up hating. Do you remember that in season three? When? When Mamori were in the cave and they were talking about like Murphy's like basically like sexual abuse by, by, um, Ontari. Ontari. Right. And like they kind of made it like echo, like, or not echo. Um, and Maury implied that, like, he was into it or something. Right. That was, like, the worst scene. Right. I remember that now, yeah. And my brain has, like, completely skipped over that, and I was just thinking about the deleted scene. Oh, yeah, the deleted scene where, like... <laughs> where they're just, like, boning in a cave. Yep. Bone! <laughs> Bone! I'm prepared to hear that a lot. <laughs> and, like, because, like, that scene, I think, should not have been deleted, because it was, like, really sweet, and he, like, held her hand... And, like, didn't, like, he made her feel normal yeah. and, like, loved. Was that deleted no, scene? So. That was a yeah, deleted, deleted scene. scene. Well, then how did I see that? Because if I, because if it was deleted, I would not have watched it. You did. You don't though. watch deleted scenes? No. No, she has this whole thing. And also, not only is it a deleted scene, but it's also a sex scene. I don't want to see it. <laughs> but you saw it. On, diff- on on a bunch of different levels. So how could it possibly have been deleted? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. What? Very sure. Weird. Maybe I saw gifts. Because Maybe I saw gifts. <gasps> you did. Yeah, that's probably it. Because the one of Kane helping Amori into her little jumpsuit was also deleted, but, like, that's pretty in my brain, too. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why I don't watch deleted scenes, because I think that they're actually in there. Deleted scenes are canon. Why don't you like them? Because then yeah. I get confused. Oh, yeah, like that one time that you tricked me into thinking something was canon and then it wasn't? Yeah. You read fanfic. I, like very very occasionally i'll only read claire <laughs> honestly i just read claire but she basically writes fanfic well the, the other thing is that i don't read fanfic that's canon i only read au's that's why okay. that's fair because if i watch a deleted scene and i'm talking to somebody who isn't like a fan a big fan of the show or whatever and i say oh yes well here's an example in this like and then i'll go and try and find it and i won't find it and i'll hate myself <laughs> <laughs> So she's really just avoiding hating herself. Right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. She's she's valid. Yeah. But like him saying caves are their thing, like I like to think about it from both perspectives. So from okay. Murphy's perspective, he's saying maybe caves are a thing. Because for some reason, even though he knows that she hates him, well, you know, does he? Or yeah, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But, but like she knows that he knows that she's annoyed with him and that she's just, you know, why is she here and everything? But and like he. I guess he wants to get back together with her, so he's like, here's a cheeky thing I'm gonna say, even though he knows it probably won't go over well. But if I'm a Mori and I'm annoyed with this dude, and okay, okay, <laughs> if I'm a Mori, <laughs> if I'm a Mori, I'm thinking, crap, like, this is just me being like, if this were real life, like, if this were high school type of thing, and you did something nice for somebody who you used to be with, you'd be like, ugh, now he's gonna think that I like him again. But I'm just mm-hmm. doing it because I'm a nice person. So she's, like, going over there, and she's helping him, and he's like, guest case are our thing. And she's like, shut up. I'm not doing that yeah. because of this. You're annoying. Get the heck out of here. That's my that's my reading. Yeah. I like that you view them as, like, teenagers in high school. Fully. Because basically that is Mamori. Fully. That's, the, that's, yeah. that's a, a difference between them is it's, like, Bellamy and Echo, you can't really put them, like – in high school logic because they're oh they're both always so intense, you know? Yeah, they're really intense, not goofy people. Exactly. I feel like they 
are both like technically older than yeah yeah th- yeah and, they're and older too that's yeah. a good point but even like whereas like with Murphy and Amori like there's a lightness to their relationship mm-hmm. so you can kind of like mm-hmm. you can kind of dig in and have fun with it whereas like with Bellamy and Echo there's so much intensity or like with Kane and Abby there's so much intensity you're like this is not a comedy <laughs> yeah like often even uh uh, Harper and Monty are quite intense. Like, sometimes they have those cute moments and everything. But, like, I find Imori and Murphy to be, like, intensely relatable. Yeah. So so that's why I can, like, put them in, like, my own mindset. I feel like they get more opportunities to, like, have fun or, like, they had in the past mm-hmm. than, like, some of the other couples. Right. Yeah. And, like, the stuff that they get up to is delicious to watch. Yeah. Like, their shenanigans, like, tricking people, being thieves, like, it's just, like, it's so fun. Yeah. Like, they're such a cute little Bonnie and Clyde style. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And who doesn't want to watch that? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, she's trying to get to the access panel on the shock caller, but he gets shocked because she messes up. And he's, like, calling her Raven star student, and they're talking about how Raven is still alive. And they're like, but everybody else? Don't know. Hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> but it would be chill know. if they were yeah she's thinking oh my gosh there are gloves in the rocket i really need to get to the rocket so that i can use the gloves and murphy's like cool for you but i will still get shocked just saying also they'll I find us that. if we leave the cave and she's like no they'll find you and i love that like in the middle of like them bickering about this they're also having like like so much tension mm-hmm like, real tension under the surface that they're both masking with some, like, level of humor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so McCreary and Co. see Murphy and they start to go hunt him. And Selena tweeted a thing about the card game. Did you guys see this? Um, yes, because there was a weird close-up on that card game yes. that they abandoned. And I was she, like, what's going on here? He had a. I was like, that's gotta be something. He had a dead man's hand, right? Dead man's hand, yeah. Because apparently, like, somebody died with that hand or something in history or whatever. <laughs> in history or whatever? <laughs> yeah. In history or whatever. We are not the intellectual podcast. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> go, re- go read Selena's tweet about it, because it's great. Yeah, about- Selena Welkin of Hypable, for those of you who have no clue who Selena is. Yeah. <laughs> she also has a podcast, Hypable Hype. They also talk about the hundred. At Selena Wilkin on Twitter. Yeah. But um, that sounds awfully uh, foreshadowing. Dead man's hand. Yeah. Yeah, yikes. Do you guys think McCreary's dead at the end of the season? I, I feel mean, like probably. I can a so character too. like him really sustain? Yeah, how can he thrive past one season? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Because, like, arguably, we kind of already have a mini McCreary in Murphy mm-hmm. exactly. if Murphy had continued on the antagonist route. So, like, how long... Ooh, I have thoughts on this. Oh, all right. I have thoughts in the next or in a, in a couple scenes for now. But McCreary says, oh, he's probably cave hopping or whatever. That's what I would do. Yep. Anyway. And I was like, hmm. That's my full thought. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It. Why are you so obsessed with him? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're secretly best friends in real life. That is not even a secret. Yeah. They're just blatantly best friends. Um, They're in the rocket and he's like, are you trying to shock me on purpose? And she's like, no, I don't even, I don't, I don't like seeing you suffer. And he's like, then why did you leave me? And I'm like, oh, we are suddenly in a soap opera. <laughs> Why did you leave me? Because you broke my heart. This is like 
straight up telenovela yeah. realness. Soap opera realness. Yeah. Because you broke my heart, Rogelio. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Jane the Virgin reference. Thank you. Also Quality airing content. on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and so he's like, you dumped me. So this is on you. And she's like, you were pushing me away. And it's like, wow, looks like both of you are at fault. So maybe you can um, um, put, a, put it aside and get back together. My thing that I really liked about this, and the whole season's been doing really well, especially with the couples, is showing both sides of why yes. they're in conflict with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And both sides are equally valid. Yes. Because if Murphy doesn't feel like he's useful or useful to Amori... It, it's hard for Murphy, but Murphy's also wrong in, like, feeling like he needs to keep Amori to himself. Exactly. Because yeah. So he's saying, oh, sh- you didn't need me anymore. And, like, the people who are out here saying, like, Murphy's so annoying this season, like, Murphy's really mean, like, I, you know, obviously, like I always say, I have Murphy goggles on because Murphy is my favorite character. But one of the reasons why Murphy's my favorite character is because I find him intensely relatable. Not because he's a murderer, because he fully is, but because... I just understand a lot of his motives. And so, like, you know, I can tell that all of these mean things he's saying, it's not because he's mean and not because he wants to be mean. It's because it's a defense mechanism. And he doesn't know how else. He never learned healthy communication. Exactly. He never, and he, you know, he had a good father figure, but for how long? Who did he learn from? And his mother wasn't a very good figure. And then he was, exactly. And then he was locked up. And so he has so much resentment. So like, and I think this goes back to basically like, our society and how we don't teach men how to express themselves in healthy ways. So they end up projecting all of their problems onto their partners who are frequently in those toxic relationships, women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Murphy's doing like exactly what toxic masculinity has taught him to do, which is it's your fault that I'm mad at you. Yes, exactly. Instead of looking inward and saying, it's my fault for thinking that I should be the only person that you talk to. And, and yeah. is that correct? Of course not. But it's no, a valid no. way of thinking because he doesn't know what else to do. And it's been, you know, you think like it's been six years up there. He must have gone through some character development. I would probably argue that Murphy's the one who's gone through the least amount of character development because he has yep. been yeah. stifling it. He's been like rejecting that. Yep. He did it to himself. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you can see him sort of going through that character development now, which I'm glad they're actually showing Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, Because, like, every time he says something stupid uh, now, you can see him, like, immediately, like, kick himself and be like, no, that was the wrong thing. Like, he did it when he was on the ship with Raven. He's like, ah, dang, wait a minute. And then he did it again in this episode with Amori. And it's like, hey... Just be vulnerable for five seconds and, like, talk to people. Yeah. And, like, it's like Murphy put himself on pause for six years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, like, (laughs) I'm out here being, like, I have the most thoughts about Murphy. No one expected this. Um, But, (laughs) like, I think that if Murphy and Amori had isolated themselves like they did on the ground, they would both still be basically the same. But the reason why Amori has grown is because she let other people in. And Murphy did not. And so that's another reason why he's just, like, pretty much the same. But now that he's, like, mm-hmm. bringing more people in, like, Raven and, like, Echo, now he's just like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn. Practicing. And he's... And, like, the interesting thing that I think here is that Imori is 
far more adaptable than Murphy yeah. is because she's had to exactly. be. Like, Murphy hasn't really had to be overly adaptable because he went from his home to prison to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are the three things that he went through. That doesn't mean he's not adaptable, but that it it doesn't come naturally to him. Whereas with Amori, because she lived a life that was constantly changing, she kind of jumps into new situations. She's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take charge. So she gets up on the ring and she's like, what am I going to do with my life? Okay. Well, I'm going to learn new skills. I'm going to make new friends. I'm going to make the most of my situation because I have nothing else to do. And also that's the first time Amori ever had a family. Yeah. I mean, like, they passed her out the minute she was born. And she had her brother, and, but like, he died. Brother, but that's it. And, and they like, didn't have, like, an overly supportive relationship from what you could see. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like she and Echo had very similar, like, experiences once they got on the ring. Because neither of them had a family before. So, like, they were just used by powerful people. Like, Echo was used as a spy and she had intense loyalty to her uh, clan. But she didn't have a family. She didn't have people that, like, actually cared about her. And Amori didn't either. She was used by Allie. And, like, didn't have a family or people yeah, to, like, she was just the cast out either. thief that people could use or hire, but not, like, accept as a person. Yeah, so once they both get up there, like, they have people that care about them and, like, they can, like, actually find themselves and, like, become something more than they were before. And they're people who I think don't see Amore as, like, what the grounders do, which is, like, you know, the freak Drana. Like, they don't see her as a mutant or disabled or anything like that like she she does have she's, a disability but so what you know so does raven yeah, yeah she's just their friend yeah like and i think she hasn't had that kind of acceptance before and i think that's also why murphy struggled because like he was the only one who accepted her so they mm-hmm. formed that really like cr- incredibly passionate bond because that was the first person who ever accepted her as her mm-hmm. so now you have like a um, like Amori learning all of these new communication skills from everyone else and Murphy purposefully not. Mm -hmm. And the only person who's really telling Murphy, Hey, you should, you know, get your act together is Bellamy. And Murphy's not going to listen to Bellamy. So we're not this. Like, I mean, really? (laughs) So I like their relationship dynamic is fascinating because you can see them quite literally learning from each other and learning about each other. And I'm just so glad that we get to see it and that we don't have to assume Uh it. Uh So Amori's saying, Oh my gosh, you were jealous of Raven. (laughs) <laughs> and um, she was saying yeah she's was part of something bigger and she didn't know that she needed that but he punished her for that so we've yeah we've kind of talked talked a lot about this now but um he's like oh well now that i understand things it would be nice to like go back there go back in time and and do it again but so hey c- can we do that and she's like no there's not enough fuel to get us back up there oh fuel Great plan. I love that they were, oh. I love that Murphy was like, hey, what if we just bailed like right now? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> well that's that's what he's always been like too, is he was always just like, so me and you, who cares about everybody else? And she's like, We're yeah. not that person anymore. And he's like, Right. He's like, ah. He has to be reminded. He's like, Murphy, you're a good <laughs> yeah. person now. And he's like, Oh man. Before we got too far away from the part about her uh being surprised that he's jealous of Raven, uh, there was a really good post I saw on Tumblr about people assuming that, like, uh, Murphy had some, like, dark reason for, like, not wanting to, like, be a part of the family anymore. And it was really that he just thought Raven was going to steal his girlfriend. 
Oh, Murphy. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, you were jealous of Raven? He's like, of course I'm jealous of Raven. Haven't you heard? She boned Bellamy one time. <laughs> Bone! Literally, like, it's like, of course I'm jealous of Raven. Have you seen Raven? Yeah. <laughs> right? Have you seen Raven do literally anything? anything? Yeah. He can't compete with that. <laughs> so McCreary and everybody is looking around, and they know that he was around this spot like around 20 minutes ago so he must be in a cave and so they get into the cave and he's like here murphy 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 come out okay. come out wherever you are mccrary's a dummy <laughs> he's like so you'll dumb. definitely come if i call you right let's go right into this cave yeah. <laughs> this is why he's not in charge and dioza is exactly and so because he shocks the caller it blows up <laughs> i love one manipulative bombastic couple yeah. <laughs> Yes. They are geniuses. They were like, oh man, we are the MacGyvers of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I, I titled my section in my review uh, about them, We Can Make It Go Boom, which is a originally yeah. a Raven line, which I think they would both respect. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they're like watching from afar and they're like, oof, it worked. So, victory kiss. Victory bone. <laughs> Robin was trying not to say that, and I was like, okay, I'll say it. Bone! Bone! We've used it. We've used the word bone three times so far, and it's there's more coming. <laughs> Why are we children? Because it's a really great joke, and it's never going to yeah. die. Why do people listen to us? <gasps> Please let us know. Uh, know. Tweet us with your thoughts. Wait. Why do you suffer through this? When we were watching the episode, though, and they, like, rolled over, Brittany's like, you're just, you're in the dirt. Exactly. Ew. What are you doing? You're just asking for infections. (laughs) I mean, really. Well, Amori's a grounder, and Murphy's never had much, like, care for, uh... Yeah, but they've been in a hermetically sealed ring for the last six years. Yeah, but I feel like the first, like, 30 times they boned, it was, like, on dirt. Ew! I gotta go. Okay. <coughs> so, <laughs> so sorry. She's like, whatever. It doesn't mean we're back together. And then it turns out McCreary is alive, and so they're gonna use him as a hostage. I <laughs> love it. I'm excited for it. I can't wait to watch yep. it. The couple that takes hostages together uh, stays together. She's sure. right. Or gets back together. Oh. Gets back together. Yeah. <laughs> So now I'm just going to take a second and talk about our Patreon. You're like, we've already heard about this. Yes, but it's in the template now. (laughs) So Robin has to follow the template or she will get fidgety. I have to follow the template. Very important. I support her. So She's so valid. If you haven't heard from the last two episodes, if this is the first episode you're listening to, sorry. Um, But But also, hi! (laughs) But also, hello, nice to meet you. I actually waved and everything. Yeah, oh, fully my hands in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you don't know, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to um, some of your favorite creators. And so, if we are one of your favorite creators, first of all, thanks. And second of all, we would love it if you would give us a shot and you can donate a dollar a month, which is the lowest one. And yeah, we would just really appreciate it. All of the money goes right back into the podcast. So um, yeah, that would be great. Thanks. And by go back to the podcast, we really mean it. Oh yeah. Because we have to pay hosting fees for three SoundClouds and a website. Yes. And we want to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. That's where you'll find us. And uh, yeah, it would just mean a lot to us. So thank you. 
Thank you. You didn't say it's expensive. Well, I'll, ta- I'll say it's expensive later, okay? Thank you. Now it's time to talk about Clark and Maddie. Yay! I love talking about Clark and Maddie. Cool. So, hmm, Clark is fixing Octavia, and they're saying that Jackson is helping everybody else. They're like, if you're wondering where Jackson is, that's where he is. And <laughs> I don't know what this, I did this three days ago. My note says, so she does care about them? That's fun for you. So she does? Uh-huh. Hold up, fam. I feel like this is important. I am. I feel like that's Octavia-related. Um, previously. On the is this Octavia? Is that Octavia caring about Bellamy? So she's heard. Are you sure you don't want Jackson? Jackson's saying into it. Just do it. Maddie's a big fan. Oh, oh, I think that was a question for me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I asked that question of myself. <laughs> that makes okay. sense. Okay, so Jackson's helping the others. Are you sure you don't want Jackson? No, he's helping everybody else. So even though Jackson is questionably more qualified to help, she's saying, no, no, she's helping. He's helping everybody else. So she mm-hmm. actually does care about Wong Crew because she wants them to have a better doctor? Question mark? I... <sighs> It feels inconsistent, but at the same time, it feels like that would make sense because one crew must be strong. Right. She's like, actually, such no. a just can't be in this episode, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like she does care about one right. crew. I think she also just sees, like, I think she cares about one crew as a whole and less about individuals, kind of like um, Kane and Jaha did on the mm-hmm. arc. Yeah. Um, so, like, if they had to sacrifice 300 people to keep the rest of them alive, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, if Octavia has to shoot some of her people to keep the rest of them alive and get to Eden, then that's fine. Right. Well, it's basically Octavia cares about the reputation of Wong Crew, not the individuals of Wong mm-hmm. Crew. So, they're saying, oh, Maddie's a really big fan of you. And she's like, cool. Marie's like, I'm used to this. And <laughs> they're telling her the lie about the Nightblood. And Kara comes in and she's like, hello, um, Octavia needs to do things. And Clark's like, Octavia needs to not do things. <laughs> and Octavia's like, whatever, I'll do so. I'll do things. I don't care. I literally just said don't do things. And Clark's like, wow, this is literally just like raising men. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, wow, Octavia's such a badass. And I'm like, is she? Is she- <laughs> I mean, she's she's gone past the she's gone past the threshold of badass. And now she's just a psycho. Yeah. Octavia, like badass pre-time jump like we're right around the time that like 502 happened and then after that i don't know her yeah i don't know her um and so she's like yeah we have to lie to her to protect maddie because otherwise you know octavia might think that she's trying to replace her and then you know bad things will happen um i think clark is absolutely justified here my thing is i love and i think some people don't think this but i love that clark doesn't trust that octavia has not bought the Commander mm-hmm. Kool-Aid. Like, I think it's fair of Clark to not trust Octavia right. at all. Oh, I, people don't think it's fair of Clark to not trust well, Octavia? Well, I, I think I've seen comments along the lines of, like, it doesn't make sense that Clark would, like, immediately lie or things like that. Or, like, that Octa- why would Octavia believe in the Commanders sort of thing. Well, those people are crazy because Octavia knows there are still people in one crew who believe in the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. and... like. One crew is faithful to her right now, but, like, she knows her, like, now that they're out of the bunker, that could stop at any time. Yeah. And if people who found out there was still a Nightblood, like, 
that would be a big deal. And yeah. like, and like, Maddie's her kid. Like, she's gonna do whatever it takes to protect her. Like, and like Clark uh, even says later in the episode, she says, "I don't know that girl. I don't know her." So it's like, do you expect her to walk up and even though she does not know Octavia, as if she was stranger danger, she'd be like, "Oh, hey, by the way, here's a big secret." To, like, someone she doesn't even know? Yeah, like, she just watched Octavia, like, let 12 of her people die for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want Maddie to become collateral damage in Octavia's war. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it must be so hard to be Clark right now. Yeah. Like, I know it's always hard to be Clark, but Clark's always had, even if she's pushed them away, she's had a support system. Mm-hmm. Now she's really on her own. Because Bellamy is concerned with space crew and with Echo and with whatever's going with with Octavia. Abby is off with Kane and Dioza and she can't, she can't even trust Nyla. Right. Yeah. Like Clark is completely and utterly on her own. I think uh, also it's like very jarring for Clark to have spent the last six years alone and like perfecting these sort of idealized fairy tale versions of like her friends and family that she like used those stories to like tell Maddie about her life, but also to like remember them and keep herself company and like preserve that um, history and those relationships. And now that everyone is back, it's a little, it could, I would imagine it's like extremely overwhelming and jarring because everyone is so different. And that's what I really like about this season is like, we're in the same position as Clark is we're still trying to get to know all of these new people too, which is why I really like this episode in terms of like Echo's development, because we see Octavia being jarred by Echo and we see Clark being jarred by Octavia. Like we're getting everyone's perspectives on who these new people are and going, I don't recognize you as the person that I once knew. Mm -hmm. And that's so realistic because as much as people stay the same, they, things can drastically change in even six months in a person. Yep. So the next time we're in this storyline, Maddie is talking with Gaia and talking about combat tech ta- tactics. And she's like, maybe you could train with our novitiates. <laughs> and no. Clark's like, hard pass on that one. Because uh, she's not Juan Crew, So, you know, she's from Shallow Valley. So, and Maddie's like, yes, I have <laughs> been trained to lie about this. Here's my lie. <laughs> And my favorite thing is, like, Clark's like, she's from Shallow Valley, and everyone's like, wow, we don't even remember clan yeah. names. <laughs> What's a Shallow Valley? We are one crew. But I love that those, like, babies that came up to Echo had, like, Shallow Valley tattoos. Like, that. that's the thing is, like, you can try, Octavia tried to erase all of their identities, and that's, like, where she's going to, fall like, fail. Because yeah. you can't erase someone's entire cultural upbringing in six years. And force it to be what you make it. Like, especially, like, you can't, like, the when Sky Crew came to the ground, they couldn't just, like, immediately become grounders. Like, they tried, and it was, like, you saw in multiple times, like, when they tried to fit in with grounder society, that it, like, didn't quite click for them. Yeah. So, like, six years with Octavia is gonna, like, they're gonna be loyal to her because what else are you gonna do underground in a like dictator regime um hi but hi yeah what? i was robbed of a maddie Tariq, and karina scene where they talked about shallow valley thank you continue <laughs> <laughs> she said Tariq and karina and i was like who the hell they're the couple oh no i figured it out i'm just them. it took me a minute i'm so sad that they're gone friggin rip they were so cute. i got attached in one episode yep, yep. i feel like robin my life local woman couldn't spot a red shirt I could spot these ones. And yet, 
alas. And yet I will still miss them because of what they represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the next scene is Nyla coming to Clark, and she's like, hi, are you avoiding me? And Clark, instead of Clark being like, no, she's just really like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> was, sorry, my bad. I fully was. So, and then she has this panther sculpture. What? It was so cute. Where did that come from? Um, It's her hobby. One... Shout out to Anthony Arcus Art on Twitter because he ex- like posted the process of making this sculpture and it's stunning. Mm-hmm. And it made me laugh because like I've been working with resident. He's like, yeah, we just made it with like black resident and then we threw some aluminum shavings in from the saw. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's brilliant. So yeah, I love the props department. Cool. Shout out to the props department. We love you all so much. Please keep talking about all the props because we literally love hearing about it yeah. so much. Yeah. But what what how did she make that? Well, Nyla's like run a trading post for much of her adult life. And like I assume she kept doing that in the bunker. So I would imagine uh she either like did that before and like kept it for herself to like remind her of Clark, or she traded for she it. hasn't been doing anything the last whatever episodes so she's like oh clark's alive i'm gonna make a peace offering yeah headcanon that like she totally could not have made that in like the couple of days so like either it's like she made it for herself to remind her of clark like you said or she was like i know that i will see clark again one day and i will give this to her and i think that's cute i think it was really cute because it was such a like sweet callback to their relationship before but also the thing that, like, kind of makes me, like, here's my headcanon, <laughs> is that after a while, the kitchens didn't really get used, you know, because everyone was just, like, you know, eating people rations. Right. You have to cook the people, Brittany. Well, I don't know. You I'm just, just trying to- raw people. I'm trying to figure out where she'd find any, like, granite laying around. There are- they're in a bunker. The Bathrooms. whole thing is steel and rock and- shit, there's rock everywhere. Yeah. Not granite. Did she say it was made of granite? Anthony said it was granite. Oh, okay. Yeah, dum-dum. All right. So I think that um, one of the abandoned bathrooms that the 400 dead people weren't using was, like, like, ransacked by Nyla. And she had, like, some saws and stuff. And she just, like, painstakingly made it because she needed a hobby. So she took up arts and crafts in between eating people. She definitely did. Thank you. I hope that she found the art supply store. She would absolutely... Oh, that's that's good. Thanks. <laughs> that's good, Robin. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> oh, that's nice, Robin. <laughs> but, like, sh- she would absolutely do that between, like, dehydrating people meat. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Clock it. We finally managed to get cannibalism into the conversation. When I turned out to be right. What do you mean, finally? It happens every week. It literally does. Yeah, I just see how much earlier okay. in the podcast I can do it. So. I'd send my own competition with myself minutes. and I'm winning. So Nyla's like. You did it around 55 minutes. Oh my gosh, thanks for saving us again. And she's like, no, no, that was Bellamy this time. And she's like, oh, looks like both of us have found new families. Um, Nyla backstory, please. Yes, please. Also, okay, hang on. I didn't like this. Why not? Because it was not all Bellamy who did that. Wait, what? Shout out to friggin' Raven and Echo who also came up with the mm-hmm. plan to save everyone. Clark keeps giving all the credit to Bellamy. 
and Bellamy is part of like a six man team. Does Clark know that yeah. Raven and Echo were part of it? I mean, I friggin' assume. Okay. I mean, she knows Raven was a part of it because like Raven. Raven was the one up in space. Right. Yeah. Okay. Poop on you, Clark. I don't know. For some reason, for like, some take- reason that keeps driving me nuts that they keep giving all of the hero credit to Bellamy like, and the girls aren't getting any. Yeah, like, technically it was Echo's idea in the first place. That's what I'm saying! Literally, they wouldn't have done any of it without Echo. Exactly! Everyone would be dead if it was up to, like, Murphy. Yeah. Nyla says that it was really hard, but they all survived. And I'm like, keep bringing it up. I want to know. (laughs) And she says, they talk about Octavia, and she says, how do you explain the sun to someone who's never seen it? Please explain. I thought that was a great line. Okay. Yes, fantastic line. What does it mean? What What did you guys glean from it? Octavia is the sun, and, like, you can't understand, like, the sun is something that's so, you have to see it to, like, understand. But also, don't look at the sun, folks. <laughs> what it is. And, like, I know, yeah. but, like, the sun changes, like, the entire outside. It changes how you feel when you're outside. Um, it's, to humans, it's a life force. Yeah. And so Octavia was their life force in the bunker, and, like, how can you explain that to someone who's never seen her in action? Wow. Like, that's not how I got in it. That's the bunker. not how I interpreted it at all. So I love that. How, how'd you take it? I literally was like, sounds like a great line. What does it mean? <laughs> I literally was like, oh, okay. I thought, because they were talking about Octavia, so I thought she had to explain something to Octavia. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but I'm really glad to know what it actually meant now. (laughs) (laughs) Then Clark is being real subtle. She's like, oh, Nyla will never know that Maddie's in Nightblood. Also, um, does Gaia still have the flame, aka something that is directly tied to Maddie being a Nightblood? (laughs) Like, casually? And, like, I don't know, maybe I, like, this is the trash in me, but I was like, oh, she was also looking for Alexa. Oh. Mm, that hurts my heart. I mean, that Lexa's in there. I know. I'm also, but I'm not about her being Honestly, like, Maddie, you're Lexa now. Do you think if Clark got the flame, she'd stick it in her own head? No, because she did that last time and it didn't work. No, I think she'd, de- I think she'd destroy it. I don't think she'd destroy it. I think mm, she would okay. keep it. Why would she keep it if it can harm Maddie? Or she would bury it? I don't know, because I just can't see Clark destroying the flame, which is like her last tie to Lexa. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, why wouldn't she just put it in herself? Then no one can get it out unless they cut her head off. And that's a very fair point. Like, it would be a good way to test if the synthetic nightblood that Abby made actually can, like, withstand the flame. Yeah. Because the transfusion with Antari barely could. But, like, Clark's been a nightblood for six years. Yeah. Like, her blood is black now. Exactly. Hmm, that's interesting. That would be cool because my, like, I don't know, this is my overly sentimental vision of, like, the finale like, the final episode ever of The 100 is Clark taking the flame. Yeah. And, like, having all of the commanders with her, mm-hmm. including Becca. I think that would be cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so Nyla knows that Clark is lying, and so when they go outside, Gaia is like, not so fast. Uh, what's up with Gaia, guys? Lord, I do not know. What's weird is that I was originally like, Gaia, you're evil, ah! But now I'm like, Nyla is evil, question mark? Like, I don't feel like Nyla is evil. I feel like she's blindly loyal to Octavia now. Right. And, like, what happened to make her like that? Because even, like, because, like, Miller's like that, but I get the feeling that Jackson is still a little hesitant. We know that Indra is hesitant for sure. So, like, what happened Mm -hmm. down there to, like, make it? I need to know! The Dark Year! Tell me! (laughs) So, she's like, Gaia, like, whose heckin' side are you on? Are you the Flamekeeper or are you Wong Crew? 
And she's like, oh, Octavia saved my life. When? Would like to know. Are you going <laughs> to kill Nyla? Yeah, well, she's not your friend, so I'm trying to protect her. <laughs> Guy is like, yeah, I, I kill people. Octavia saved her life in 502, dummy. 502? She saved her life? When? She stopped the riots. So she saved everybody's life just by stopping the riots? Yeah. Yeah, and she united one crew. I don't know. It sounded like she was talking about something more specific. No, because Nyla was on the other, was on the wrong side of the doors. No, she saved Gaia's life is what she's talking about. Yeah, Gaia said that she saved her life. I meant to say Gaia, but I said Nyla. I mean, they were both on the same side of the doors. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it also to me sounded like it was a more specific thing, but I was okay. also wondering if it was just because Octavia let Tree Crew into the bunker. Ooh. Right. Okay. So, so, I'm like, so if it ends up being something more specific, cool. But if it doesn't, okay, fine. We get yeah. it. Okay, fine. So she's <laughs> like, yeah, she's not your friend. And what Nyla believes is this whole Wong crew thing. So we have to protect the last Nightblood. And she's like, Maddie isn't a threat to anybody. And I'm like, I don't know. I saw her <laughs> kill a man in cold blood, but whatever. <laughs> um, so she's like, listen, Clark, Maddie shows up two days after we get out of the bunker. That's not a coincidence. I'm like, maybe not to you, but Clark's literally yeah, been living is. with Maddie for six years. It fully is a coincidence. Fully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is why I feel like Gaia let herself become something else in the bunker because she needed a purpose while she was in the bunker. Mm-hmm. All the while kind of waiting it out. Right. Because one day she would get to return to her actual mm-hmm. teachings. I, I think it's like, no, I agree with you. I don't know where I was going with this. Cool. <laughs> so that was a cool story i like i'm so sorry i had a point and i lost it um it's at the top of your head sure did so clark like pulls the knife on gaia and she's like are you gonna like force the flame into maddie and she's like i literally would never do that and i'm like okay what so like what because like they did before well no if you don't need to force the flame into her why do you need to protect her Gaia's never forced to flame on anyone. But the flame keepers did. They forced children to leave their homes to fight in a conclave and whoever... Sur- oh. Ch- what? Gaia would never force Maddie to take the flame because there are ever- other novitiates. They're not nightbloods, though. But N- Gaia doesn't believe that blood dictates your rights now. Oh. Naya has... But like, she believes that if Maddie trains with the novitiates, she'll win because she's right. Nightblood. And then she can take the flame. Right. Oh. So Gaia has not abandoned it at all. She's been grooming Ethan for something like this. Oh. But that wouldn't be forcing. It would be her, like... It would be her yep. training her. Okay. Um, um, yeah. I'm also, like... I That makes the thing make more sense. What, yeah. what thing, sorry? Just, like, Gaia's strange, oh, like, back-and-forth right. behavior. Because, like, bef- in the last two episodes we saw her, and she was, like, one of the scariest people behind Octavia. Mm, yep. Like, her presence in the ring is terrifying. Right. So she's like, oh, maybe you should, like, be afraid of, pray to, be afraid of Nyla. And so Clark's like, okay, bye. Like, can you just go before bad things happen? So Nyla wakes up, and... Clark immediately goes into manipulating mode and she says, oh yeah, you know, somebody attacked you, but I didn't see his face. And that's what you got to do is you got to be like so nonchalant about saying like his, that she's like, okay. And she automatically has a man in her brain. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because yep. Clark knows how to yeah. lie. Clark knows to give enough information, but not too much. Like that's automatically like truth. If, if I heard that, that's automatically truth. I didn't yeah. see yeah. his face. Okay. 
It's a dude. Got it. Yeah, like, are we both okay yeah. sort of thing. And she's like, oh, why would one of your people do that? And um, Nyla's saying that Maddie might tear Wong Crew apart. And Clark's like, okay, good. And um, they're like, oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll go tell. Great. I sure hope she I does. <laughs> I'll tell Octavia myself. In reality, she's literally just going to run away. And she's like, yes. And then hopefully she'll be you like, maybe go, she'll be yeah. merciful. Oh, and she's like, oh, do you really think that? And she's like, girl, I don't know. I don't know. She saw. <laughs> she saw that like Octavia was going to straight up murk Kane. And she's like, yeah, but she'll probably be yeah, merciful. Maybe. No. No, she won't. No, yeah. she won't. No. Well, well, she she was at the end of the episode. That's because Maddie told her, though. Yeah. And she knows that Maddie's a big fan. Do you feel like if Clark told her that she would just straight up kill her? I feel like since Maddie was there when Octavia was being like, it's okay, Clark. Like, I feel like if it was just Clark, she would have been like, Clark, why'd you lie to me? This is going to be bad. Everything's going to be bad. But because Maddie was there, she's like, everything's fine, tiny child person. Uh, My no, thing I is- think she was very threatening when she was like, your secret's safe. I like, my perspective on that was that she wouldn't kill Maddie; she would kill Clark for mm, lying to her. Right? Yeah. Because Clark is a constant threat to Octavia. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, but Clark doesn't want that. Neither does Maddie. But just just because Clark and Maddie don't want these things doesn't mean that Octavia doesn't see them yeah. as threats to her power. I don't think that Clark is a threat to her power though anymore. Like no one listens to her, and that's obvious. But again, like we've had this conversation before, where it doesn't matter if Clark is. It's that it's what Octavia perceives Clark to be. Like, I still don't think that Clark would like that she would see Clark as much of a threat anymore. And like, who even listens to Octavia? Two people. <laughs> so, I don't know. well, I mean, they all like stood in a storm yeah. for her. So like more. Clark is packing up and Maddie wakes up and she's like, hey, we're going, you know, you shouldn't have left the valley. And she's like, well, I, I left the valley because you were in trouble. And she's like, well, Nyla knows, and so things are going to be bad now. She's like, I thought Octavia was your friend. And she's like, Octavia was my friend, but that's not Octavia. I don't know that human. All these stories that you've heard. I love this. Like, that, I, that, that those are just stories now. That's not a, that's not a yeah. real person. I love, like, it's such a hero worship thing where, like, it, and it's out, low-key such a commentary on, like, how fans interact with, you know, with people with celebrities with shows is you believe that you can influence it and change it through sheer force of will and that's what Mm -hmm. maddie thinks maddie thinks well she's my hero i know everything about her i can change her mind i and she doesn't know everything about her i love that they're finally bringing this up because like i think bellamy also said something similar this episode and i was just like thank you for bringing it up because like this is exactly how i've been feeling like i don't know that person like that's not the same person at all like, we've been thinking about that, like, yeah, season yeah. one to season four, Octavia. At least we saw the development and we're like, okay, like, it gradually happened. You know how you're like, you know, you, you have a uh, a person that you know who's, like, very little. And then in in six years, you're like, oh, my God, you're a 12-year-old because you haven't yeah. seen them. That's what it feels like. Yeah. You know, but, like, when you, like, if you live with this six-year-old until they're 12, you're like, it doesn't feel like a change because you, you've seen every step in between those. And... You know, the ages that Octavia went from, she went from a teenager to someone in her early 20s. Developmentally, that's a huge Mm -hmm. jump. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Someone uh, replied to my review with an interesting point about how Maddie feels about Octavia. Because I, in my review, I said Maddie is infatuated with her. And this person was like, you know how when you're like a baby gay and you kind of have hard eyes at, like, random people uh, in media. Yeah. And you don't, like, realize it until later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So someone kind of 
framed it like that. And I was like wondering if like, I don't, I'm not going to assume anything about Maddie's sexuality because she's a child, but like Maddie's very much fangirling her. Yeah. That's Um, what I was saying. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just adding points. I liked your point. Did you want to give give props to that person? Like, do you know what? Uh, yeah, it's at Lisa Powell ninety two. Lisa has commented on, on our SoundCloud. Shout out to Lisa. We appreciate you. Yeah, uh, she was Echo and <laughs> at Uni- mm-hmm. Unity Days. Uh, uh, so that was yes. awesome. But yeah, it it's just very like when you're a kid and you're fangirling something, you don't see any fault in it despite like other people pointing out, hey, maybe this person isn't what you think they are. So like, even though Clark is very scared and very worried and like tries to impart that on on Maddie, Octavia is still such a concrete figure in Maddie's mind that she can't separate those two things yet. And she can't quite, she doesn't want to believe that Mm -hmm. she's a bad person. Maddie's like, oh, would she try and hurt me? And she's like, girl, I don't know, but like, we really can't risk it. So we're going to defect with everybody else because the people in the valley don't care about your blood. And she's like, okay, but like Dioza will kill you. And, and that, that, that's the thing is, it's just like, if we stay here, Maddie will die. If we go there, Clark will die. And both of them are like, no, I would rather die. And and that's cute. I Yeah, that's really sweet. But I also am like really confused as to why they think Dioza would immediately Me kill too. Clark if she came back. Because as far as I can tell, they didn't like promise to kill her upon returning. They were like annoyed that she lied and tortured her, but like they let her go just fine. I think it's so funny <laughs> if and they're like, if we kill Kane, Abby won't help us. But what we can do is kill her daughter. She won't care. Exactly. That's my exact point. I'm like, how, why would they kill Clark when they need Abby to do stuff? And that's Clark is literally another leverage point against Abby to like use alongside Kane. Yeah, I agree. And so she says, yeah, I'm like sometimes there are no good choices and, it, you know, we can't have a win-win situation. But if I do die when we get there... Find my mom. She will continue to raise you. Thoughts? Go. I uh, was very emotional. Um, I thought it was also really sweet. Because like we've seen her talking about Space Crew with Maddie. Uh, we've seen her talking about Octavia because Maddie obviously loves Octavia. Um, but we hadn't seen her say anything about like her talking about Abby to, mm-hmm. uh, to Maddie like over the time jump. Like We'd seen in... The behind the scenes picture uh, that she had drawn yeah. Abby and Kane um, along with everybody else. So it was really nice to like see that Abby was part of those stories and fairy tales, um, and that like she still had such concrete faith in her mom that uh, Abby would like just take in this child because she is important mm-hmm. to Clark. Now, how she's going to keep that child alive while trying to kick drugs is, a, like, a whole other thing. Yeah, and while she's also trying to keep 13 other dudes alive. Yeah. yeah. And and Kane at the same time. Yeah. So Octavia's reading in her quarters, something that I noticed. Like, we didn't get to see exactly which book it was, but there were, like, notes written in the margins. Like, it was blurry, but that's something that I noticed, so... That's interesting. Do you think that's the book that like Nyla gave her and she's just put notes in over the years? Yes. Huh? What book? What? The book about uh, Roman stuff? Octavia had a book in this episode? Yeah, she was reading when Maddie knocked oh. on the door. And there were notes in the margins. I yeah. fully missed that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like 
knock, knock, it me, Maddie. And she's like, I have to tell you the truth now. So they're going to do the thing where they are unsanitary and cut hands and shake. Like, this is worse than a spit shake. All of these people have blood diseases. And so Clark is being held back and Maddie's like, it okay, mom. I'm, I, I did this myself. And Clark's like, doesn't mean it's a good idea. See, Clark, this is why Abby did not trust you to make decisions. Because sometimes <laughs> kids make really stupid decisions. So Octavia lets her through and she says, you are Wan Crew. And Maddie's like, I, I, this backfired. <laughs> did not want to be Wan Crew. Like, ooh. And um, also, like, didn't Clark say at the beginning of the episode that Octavia still had venom in her veins? Like, did she literally just, like, swap, like, poisoned blood with Maddie? Because nasty. Are you saying venom in her veins as if it's, like, a, just, like, a scent, like, a, uh, a, like, some wordplay? Or, or are you thinking, like, actual, like, problem with her blood? From the, from the snakes. From the, whatever oh. thingy. Oh, gotcha. Okay, hold up. Okay, so I guess, like, Octavia's just better. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I saw that point too. Like, I think that would be like creepy if she did that. Um, but I don't think that she did just because I feel like that's not something they're going to come back to. Like, I, yeah. I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like Octavia's recovery in this episode is more just about her having her arm cut open and less recovering from the venom right so yeah clark is like pissed obviously and she's like oh it's okay mom i told her everything and she's like we literally talked about this being a secret but okay and octavia's like it's okay i get it you don't have to protect her i'll protect her and clark's like that's my job but okay so the last thing i would trust octavia to do is protect anyone considering she lets people die like they're animals and then she touches her face and i'm like first of all i hate when people touch it touch each other's faces but second of all you have gross blood on your face but also notice that like on one side of her face is night blood and on the other side of her face is red blood like i feel like this is very much what like maddie represents what lincoln and octavia could have represented which is a bridge between two worlds so like maddie is going to be like the unifying figure between you know, all of the faiths and all of the grounders and everyone is like this one kid who kind of has the best of both worlds inside her. Right. I'm so proud of you for not singing it. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah, and I'm really proud of you. But when she edits it, she's gonna put an audio clip in. Don't do it. Oh, I'm definitely gonna do it. God damn it. (laughs) You set her right up. You get the best of both worlds. So she's like, okay, we'll train tomorrow. And they start cleaning their hands. And she's like, I saved you. And she's like, that's my thing. And now it's going to be more difficult. I just like, I love mom Clark, but I love how valid Maddie's feelings are. Because it doesn't matter how old you are. You always want to protect your parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that feeling goes both ways. And I think a lot of people sort of fail to understand that is like, children's fears, protectiveness of their parents is very much real and valid. And I don't know if it's overly explored in media. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I like that they're introducing this and saying, like, you know, Maddie means as much to Clark as Clark means to Maddie. Right. Mm -hmm. Should we move on? Uh, Robin, when when Clark said, that's my job, 
Yeah. Oh my god! I looked right at Brittany and quoted your snap from the other day. That is my, my job. job. <laughs> Please insert the audio from that snap because that, like, that is oh my, my favorite gosh. thing that's ever been committed. Okay. <laughs> it just makes me laugh so much. Hi, this is a call-out post. I found two spiders in my house today. They are freeloading in this house. That is my job. Follow me on Snapchat, at Robin E. Jeffrey. I'm a nut over there. <laughs> uh, sometimes she just talks about drag queens. For she like cries about minutes. television a lot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. She talks about men in dresses a lot, but she also talks about other things, and she cries at random objects. Oh, she's right. One time yeah. I cried um, because we were getting rid of our rocking chair, and we put yeah. it out on the street saying free, and then I um, had a dream that our rocking chair was uh, a sad old man who we were kicking out and um, had a sign that just said free on it, and then and then I cried. It was really bad. <laughs> Robin, you're too much, Jean, is just too much. Isn't that sad, though? I mean, it is sad, but also, like, it's a... Actually, you know what? I can't even say that, because objects do have sentimental attachments to them. Yeah. Are you, are you sure it wasn't haunted? Well, I sat on it for, like, four years, so I hope not. <laughs> it was haunted with the ghosts of Robin's butt. <laughs> Thanks. You just said, like, that it was, like, an old man, and I was, like, the conjuring, too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we got an email from a lovely listener named Lucia entitled Bellamy Blake, a dissertation by me. And I got this in our email. Um, I mean, it was like two nights ago. Last night. Wait. Yeah, it was last night. <laughs> it was last night um, from when we're recording this. And I immediately wrote her back and asked her to read it out for us. So mm -hmm. um, we have that here now. Hi everyone, my name's Lucia and I wrote an email the other day to Robin and Brittany about my feelings, vaguely wondering if they would ever reply. Robin replied within minutes. <laughs> Welcome to the Fictionados! And not only was she lovelier and friendlier than I ever expected, she asked me to read out this email for the rest of you. So, here it goes. Hi Robin and Brittany, long time listener, first time writer and all that jazz. I always enjoyed listening to your podcast. You're both so lovely and bubbly and I've often thought of writing in, but it wasn't until this episode and people's reactions that I finally did. Suffice to say that I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on a certain nerd and I need to share them with someone. Aww. I love that I already know the nerd is Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have been complaining this season that Bellamy has felt out of character and that he isn't the man we knew before and that they don't like the new him. It has really frustrated me because that's completely opposite to how I feel. As the showrunners are so fond of telling us, six years is a long time. It makes sense that these characters have changed. But change doesn't mean out of character. It just means that they've developed, and yes, that development was off-screen, and yes, that is frustrating. But that doesn't make it less real. Bellamy isn't irrecognizable, he's only changed, and grown, and developed. This email will primarily deal with Bellamy's character, and specifically Bellamy's character in relationship to Octavia. But we'll also explore other angles. I already love this because I already agree. It feels like an essay, and I approve. 
Yeah, like, it feels like an essay, and I'm already like, thank you, because, you know, like, can I just say, before before we read this, that I know she's going to point out, this Bellamy is an awesome Bellamy. Yeah. I love this Bellamy. Like, this is my favorite Bellamy. Yeah. Actually, like, aside from maybe Octavia, this is my favorite everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's like, here is my introductory paragraph. <laughs> okay. Yo, she should submit this for like a thesis. Like, yeah. I already know it's going to be good. <laughs> okay, here we go. Bellamy's central character trait is still very much intact. Bellamy will do anything to protect his core circle of people. Over the seasons, we've seen that circle expand and contract, but its existence is a constant. The difference is that after six years, Octavia, for the first time in the Blake's lives, is no longer on the inside of that circle. And that can be very disorientating, both for the characters and the audience. Okay, yes. Yeah. That is so true. And that's what makes Bellamy, like, very much like a Gryffindor, I think. Yeah. In some ways, because it's never just about one person. Like, for him, it does expand. He does have the capability to do those things. Mm -hmm. And, like... His family and his priority now is those people he spent the last seven years with in space. And while he still cares about Octavia, she's not the little girl he raised anymore. So it's the same thing with Abby and Clark. Yeah. It's not that they care less. It's that there's more to care about. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Having more people to love, that's a great thing. Okay, continue. Bellamy needed distance from Octavia to see how unhealthy his relationship was with her. Yes. He got six years and thousands of kilometers worth of distance, and in that time, Space Crew rebuilt a family unit, of which Bellamy is at the head. Yes. But in which everyone, sans Murphy, (laughs) plays their part and supports each other equally. Space Crew is his circle now which makes total sense after six years of peacetime. I like that we can tell she's not American because she said kilometers. <laughs> and that she's, that she's totally right. Like, Bellamy's relationship with Octavia was always toxic. Yeah, it's true. Well, I wouldn't say always. Um, maybe when they were kids, maybe? But, like, Bellamy kill, like tried to kill Jaha to get down to Octavia. Like, that's how, that's how we met them. Sorry, I'm confused. And like, then he locked her up and wouldn't let her out of the dropship. Like, he treated her kind of like his property. That's not a healthy relationship. I don't think he was treating her like she was his property, necessarily. I think he was... He felt so guilty for the one time that he took her outside their house that he wanted to protect her and that was the only way he knew how because they were both raised in a very terrible environment. So in my opinion, it's sort of like a cool motive still murder is Octavia had agency that he refused to give her and then kind of treated her like a child that he, and like, I understand why he did it, but that doesn't mean it was right. And it doesn't mean it was healthy. No, I agree. I just think that the, the relationship between the two of them specifically wasn't always Toxic. I think they genuinely care about each other for the right reasons at some points. Okay. He's not robotic. He's not removed. He's not distant. He's emotionally stable for the first time in his life and is putting up healthy emotional boundaries against a person he was previously in an unhealthy codependent relationship with. And I, for one, am very proud of him. Agreed. Yeah, same. Absolutely agreed. 
I don't even have more to add to that. Yeah. I just agree. <laughs> when Bellamy first landed on the ground in season one, he relied almost exclusively on instinct and gut feeling, leading with emotion. Six years later, having actively practiced being the heart and the head, he's gotten a lot better at balancing options and thinking through his actions. The thing is that space wasn't testing him in the same way that the ground does. As far as we know, the first truly morally complicated decision he's had to make in years is holding the lives of the sleeping army on Allegis in his hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's very fair. Clark's, Clark's been like, he and Clark were preparing in different ways for these things, but neither of them could anticipate Dioza, whereas I think Octavia of the three of them was probably the most prepared, Mm -hmm. but also prepared the worst. Right. Okay. It surprised me that so many people seem to interpret his decision to let them live as a head move when it seemed clear that it was a heart one. Yep. Murphy even points out that if Clark was here, that there would be no debate. She would kill them because that is the strategic thing to do. Mm -hmm. But Bellamy doesn't want to be a killer. He's never wanted to be a killer. Clark herself pointed that out to him. You're not a killer. You always did what you had to do to protect your sister. That's who you are. He protects those he loves and will compromise his sense of self to do it, even when he doesn't want to. Holding the prisoners hostage, keeping them alive, is not an impulsive decision, but it is one that's full of heart. And he immediately gives up that strategic leverage in order to save a single person. Explicitly telling Dioza, an unknown threat, just how important Clark is to him, by giving up his own leverage and giving Dioza some of her own, is stupid and impulsive and utterly hard. Dioza now knows just how important Clark is to Bellamy. That is strategic suicide, and I will be very surprised if that does not come up later on, because it seems like a classic Chekhov's gun. (sighs) My boy is so dumb, but I love him so much. (laughs) Yo, I love that last part in particular, because it's totally a heart move. Like, Bellamy let, like, the the mushy part of him go, I don't want to take lives. And Murphy was like, mm-hmm. let's take lives. And Echo was yeah. in the middle going, let's compromise. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it means that Bellamy and Echo have grown together in a way where they can bounce ideas off of each other, much like Bellamy and Clark, and come up with the alternative third solution. Mm-hmm. And that beautifully demonstrates that while Bellamy is always going to be sort of like the hot-headed thinker, he's also, you know, he's in his 30s now. And mm-hmm. he's seen some stuff. So he does have that emotional core and his heart guides him more than his head does. But his head now, I think, is much calmer and more level. And his empathy extends far wider than just to what benefits Octavia. Now it's what benefits the human race. What benefits, you know, it was what benefits the 42. And now it's everyone and his family. And I just think it's... I love this because it so perfectly lays out that Bellamy is Bellamy. Mm -hmm. He's not, you know, some unrecognizable character like people are saying. He's not, like, hashtag not my Bellamy. He is Bellamy. Yeah. This is him. 
He protects the people he loves. He's a little bit hot-headed. He sometimes thinks way too much with his heart, but that he is a good person who does what he has to do. And I'm sorry, are people saying hashtag not my Bellamy? Oh, yes, they are. It's you awful. have no idea. Hashtag not my Bellamy is season three Bellamy. This is hashtag my Bellamy. Yep. Yeah. You would not believe there's a huge pushback and a huge movement saying that Bellamy is unrecognizable, that his loyalty to Echo is out of character, that all of these things are just an abomination and that they- This is literally just season three. Yeah. Like, people are like acting like they ruined his character, which yeah. I think people are- those people are crazy. Um, They're calling it a character assassination. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, he is in a healthy romantic relationship. He has a balanced head and heart. He has Clark back. He's got his family. He is learning negotiation skills. He's back on the ground. He's had six years to rest and think and grow as a person. This is the best peak Bellamy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are refusing to see the good in Bellamy because they hate his relationship with Echo or they hate Echo does such a disservice to the awesome things happening with Bellamy this season. Completely agree. Like it's basically like reducing a character down to their romantic relationships. And this usually happens to female characters. Now it's happening to Bellamy Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. Let Bellamy grow on his own. Let Bellamy be the awesome dad that he is because this is like, peak dad Bellamy who just wants peace and to live with his family in peace and for everyone to hang out. I feel like that's happening to both Clark and Bellamy because like people aren't some like the great people that I I enjoy hanging out with are loving both of these versions of them. Uh, But then there's also people who are like just mad that they're not together. And I'm like, why would they be at this point? This isn't the time. And like, what? I don't understand why there's so much to love about both of them right now. I don't understand why people are mad. Like, I understand not being happy with, like, whatever Becco relationships or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, like, right. that's fine. Like, if you don't like Becco, don't like Becco. Yeah, you go don't, off. You don't, don't have care. to ship what you don't want to yeah, ship. Yeah, do you? But, like, there's so much good stuff about Clark and Bellamy as individual characters. I don't understand not enjoying that. Like, if those are your favorite characters and you want them to be together, I don't understand not taking joy from who they are at at this point. Especially because, like, I would never, like, even the difference between season four Bellamy and season five Bellamy, I don't even think is that big. No, I agree. No, and, like, season four Clark and season five Clark, season five Clark is rested and focused and has, like, a purpose. Like, if you're going to look at the changes in people, Octavia, Abby, Abby's a drug addict. She's still my Abby. Yeah. She'll always be my Abby. I will love any iteration of Abby. Any choice Abby makes, I will be there with her going, you know what? Like, I'm interested to see where this is going. If she breaks up with Kane, I will still love Abby. Yeah, agree. So that's the thing that I think this letter is, like, getting to the bottom of is, like, Bellamy is always going to be Bellamy, and Bellamy is Bellamy, and I think we should celebrate how friggin' awesome a character he is and how far he's come and not make it about ships. And that's it. That's, That's all I have to say. The Bellamy that we get in 506 is panicking like all get out. He is desperately trying to keep everyone together and to regain his sense of stability. In that, he reverts back to heart-centric thinking. He makes emotional pleas to Octavia that don't change her mind and that clearly don't work. Monty even confronts him about this, 
how he's already compromising himself, making deals with Octavia that put other people in danger. And Bellamy's counter-argument is that it's worth it to get space crew back together. We saw that in Shifting Sands as well. His priority was getting back to Raven and Murphy over everything else. It really frustrates me that people seem to think that this episode was filler or pointless, because it really, really wasn't. It reminds me a lot of the episode The Calm, back from (gasps) season one. There's not a lot of plot, but there is so much character work. This episode is setting up emotional stakes, so that when those big battle scenes come, and you know they will, they're going to hit us right in the heart. The lack of emotional weight is something that The 100 has struggled with for a while now, and I am so glad to see that the writers are prioritising it again. This season feels like a chessboard that's slowly being revealed as characters' loyalties are brought to the surface. The six-year time jump has left characters feeling equally suspicious of some, while certain of other allies, only to have the rug pulled out from under them, mainly because they're working with information that is six years out of date. I think this was most clearly seen in the Nyla Gaia bait-and-switch, which was terrifying, to say the least, and in the sword fight between Octavia and Bellamy. Yes, that's such a good point. completely agree with this point. I am baffled by people who didn't like this episode because it we've been asking for them to like stop for a minute and take a breather and like allow these characters to have like those emotional moments and like those conversations that they need to have to like move like emotionally and like mentally to those next states instead of like just rushing from one like action point to the other and, and they did yeah, yeah, and they did that in this episode. So, and then people are like, "This is filler," and I'm like, "Was it? No, I don't think it was. <laughs> was it? I don't. <laughs> I think, think it... a lot of important stuff happened. I think this show gets you used to breakneck speeds, and so when things slow down a bit, you get kind of like jolted out of it. But at the same time, I want to be jolted out of it. I want to take a break and collect and see where all these characters are because if I'm not emotionally invested in these characters, then I don't care what happens to them when the plot comes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Continue. The fight between Octavia and Bellamy was so cathartic. I am annoyed that this long overdue conversation came to the surface over a romantic relationship, but it was so emotionally satisfying to see Bellamy push back against Octavia's complacency at the problems in their relationship. The phrase, I am your brother and I am trying very hard to understand... I am asking you to do the same thing for me, was such a huge and significant development for Bellamy in that he is putting equal responsibility on Octavia for their problems rather than solely blaming himself. That would have been inconceivable to Bellamy six years ago. He challenges her to meet her in the middle, which she has never had to do before. When Octavia says, it's your fault, He's not going to unquestioningly believe her anymore. His time with Space Crew has taught him that loving others does not mean destroying himself. It doesn't mean putting others before himself to the exclusion of his own well-being. That is so important, not only to the characters in this fictional universe, but to the audience who identify with either of the Blakes. 
finally addressing just how dysfunctional the Blakes are and the damage their family dynamic has inflicted on both of them is so important and a storyline that I am very attached to. I love this. Yeah, I think those are great points. Um, because, like, yeah, like, before Bellamy would let her get away with anything because he cared about her so much that he he just wanted his sister back. He let her beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Over Lincoln when Bellamy was not the only person responsible for Lincoln's death. Yeah. I mean, Pike kind of... That moment where he said, like, that was probably my favorite moment of, of the episode when he said, like, I'm trying to understand you. Please do yeah. the same for me. Almost yeah. gave, like gave me chills a little bit because it's like you are seeing two people who like used to at least a little bit be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And and now they're so far away from like Bellamy is practicing mindfulness. He's saying, yep. this is what I'm trying. Like, I'm trying to understand how you feel. I'm trying to understand like what you've been through, but you won't talk to me about what happened. Nobody will. Like, I'm trying to understand you. And I'm asking you to also do the same thing for me. And she, and she's on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. She's like, meh, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care. And I think that's a great point about mindfulness as well, which is, it is something that you can learn even without being in therapy because it mm-hmm. is the most healthy way of thinking and communicating with others. Mm-hmm. And when Bellamy decided to share the burden of leadership with six other people and create a democracy within a group, they all learned mindfulness together. Mm-hmm. So Bellamy is so clearly expressing to her and saying, hey, I don't get what's happening here. Please explain it to me because I want to understand and I want to support you because I love you. Mm-hmm. that's probably one of the healthiest things that's ever happened on the show. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really enjoyed like his entire speech there, like about forgiveness um, when he's trying to get her to forgive echo because yeah. like they literally all have done terrible things. Like there's not a character on this show who hasn't done something awful at some point. Yeah. And like, like I just want to point out, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me that Octavia has all this hate for echo but is kind of cool with Clark, considering Clark locked Octavia out and didn't believe in her and was going to leave her to die, and then shot at Bellamy to stop him from saving Octavia. Right. It's not fair to hold Echo to that standard and not hold Clark to, perhaps not the same standard, but one, a couple rungs below where you kind of got to go, narratively, why is Octavia holding Echo to that, like, tier and why are we holding echo to that tier because Mm -hmm. the fandom and fans are all making echo out to be this big villain when in reality clark's done a lot of the same things that echo has done and she's Mm -hmm. left octavia for dead twice yeah so i love that there's that healthiness there and that bellamy has learned how to be like a peacemaker i think he learned a lot of lessons from kane in that matter too Mm -hmm. i just I loved this scene and I love this letter because this person so perfectly encapsulates every argument and then neatly takes care of them. I think it's great. Octavia is just as much of a product of her upbringing as Bellamy is. She has a self-confidence and a self-righteousness that is born of her being told from birth that she is the exception, that she was unfairly wronged, that her only crime was being born, something that she had no control over. Her entire life was Bellamy and Aurora prioritizing her and her safety over everything else, 
even their own integrity and well-being. She has an internal belief that the world owes her, and that therefore she has the right to lash out against it in any way she wants, whenever she wants, to hell with everyone else. Mm -hmm. This is entirely believable, but not at all excusable. Her black and white thinking, her tendency to hold grudges, and her arbitrary choices on who and who doesn't deserve forgiveness, particularly the way she considers the relationship between justice, revenge, and forgiveness, are all core Octavia traits and flaws. I think it's arguable that Octavia has had the least character development yep. in terms of questioning her own internal beliefs than anyone else in the series. Everyone else has considered the eternal good guys versus bad guys question. The only thing Octavia has considered is that she knows that she's a good guy. Since questioning this seems to be a major theme this season, I'm hoping that this is the season that Octavia learns to accept moral complexity and responsibility. Yes. I would love that. I also think that it makes complete sense that Octavia got to this point, though, because, like, she was raised in a very... She was raised unlike anybody else on the show. Like, she was very... Like, she was mistreated from her birth. Yeah. So, like, like I... I want to give leeway to Octavia in that, like, I I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I want to like Octavia and I want to, like, I don't know what I'm... Read my mind. I, I can't. But I can say that, like, for me, this is where the parallels between Octavia and Murphy come in. Because okay. Octavia and Murphy and even McCreary, to agree, all have very similar things, which is that they feel like the world friggin' owes them everything. Right. Or Murphy in season one, at least. Like, yes, they all yes. have a chip on their shoulders and they all want something and they feel like they've all been wronged. And it's the way they respond to it that tells you who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. Murphy has had a long journey, but has come out the other side and has learned to accept care from those around him. Whereas Octavia has gone the complete opposite way, which is probably the exact same way that McCreary went. See, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I see where you're going with this and I see where they sort of diverge too because like you said Murphy and Octavia are very similar in like what they perceive of the world because when they both get to the ground they're both like running wild and then they both found love on the ground too yeah and where Murphy was able to like continue and grow in that love and like keep it even though it kind of fell apart within the last like six months, I think, uh, is what Raven said in 501. Uh, he was still able to, like, grow with it. Like, he said in Prime Fire that, like, it's crazy what how love changes you. Mm-hmm. And, like, Octavia had that with Lincoln, but then it was, like, immediately taken away just a yeah. like, few months after she found it. It's true. And, like, yeah. because she was raised to... Like, she was born, and, like, this is a kind of, like, mentality thing that people do when, like, when they say, like, no person is illegal, like, in our society. Mm-hmm. Like, Octavia was raised to believe she was illegal. Right. That's a good point. Like, she was raised to, like, believe she was a problem that nobody wanted. Like, she's the problem instead of society being the problem. Yeah. 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 And, like, so she's grown up in this vacuum where she doesn't completely know like how to be a person in 
the world. That makes sense. And like when she finally starts to get a little bit of that, it's immediately taken away from her again. So she's like spinning until she finds something that anchors her, which is like, which is fighting and becoming Blood Raina. And it's just, it's kind of sad. It is sad. Like there was once a butterfly chasing little girl in there and now she's gone. Again, thank you so much for the podcast every week. It is truly a delight. And your other podcasts have convinced me to finally get on the Lost and Riversdale train. So no doubt I will be listening to those soon too. Much love, Lucia. Oh my god! Cute! I love you, Lucia! Yay! Thank you for your email. Congrats to Robin for converting another person to Lost! Yay! (laughs) It's my life's work! It, It really is, though. Yes, I invited Lucia to come on the podcast in season three if she catches up. So oh, should be good. Yeah. P.S. As the resident diehard Bellaco this episode, I would just like to take a moment to acknowledge Clark's sad puppy face at the Becco kiss and the cut to Clark straight after the Becco sex scene. That is textbook signposting, my friends, and I am very excited. <laughs> That's really cute. Okay, you go. (laughs) No, that was cute. I like that. Becco shippers, I hope you have a good time. I hope you have a good ride, a pleasant journey. And um, I've got to say, that scene, that that scene, objectively, very hot. Very good stuff. Good, 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 good stuff. Uh, not quite my vibe, not quite who I would like to see Bellamy Blake macking down on, uh, but objectively, I am not going to lie, Bob Morley and Tasia Tellers going at it like that, my pan ass going a little buck wild, a little buck wild. <laughs> You're so valid. It was a good night. It was a good night for everyone, I believe. I think, I think, I I think I can speak for everyone in saying that. Uh, I have made snacks. I will be on the couch. There is enough to share. Come join me. We can, we can have a good time. We can have a good time together. (laughs) Oh my god, I want all people to be like you. (laughs) That was adorable. (laughs) That was so cute. (laughs) Let's be best friends. (laughs) Also, P.P.S. If you liked this voice and these ideas and this general aura, uh, you can find me on the internet. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Lucia Rose Ann. That's L-U-C-I-A-R-O-S-E-A-N-N-E on Twitter. And I'm also on Tumblr. You can find me at Little Oxford Street. That's L-I-T-T-L-E dash, like the... The middle dash, not the lower dash, the one like you use regularly. Um, you know, I think it's called an M dash. We're going to call it an M dash. So, um, you know, little M dash Oxford O X F O R D M dash Street S T. Uh, you can pop me a message. We can have a conversation. It'll be good. It'll be good. I'm friendly. I'm nice. We can have. We can talk. Or, if um, being talked at is more of your thing, I totally understand. And I also happen to have my very own TV-centric podcast. 
my mate Matt and I, we do a podcast called the Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey Podcast, and we talk about Doctor Who. <gasps> I, get that, I get that! I get that joke! I get that joke! Me too! Me too! That's one of my favorite jokes. It goes ding when there's stuff. Uh, Alright, I'm really actually done this time. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. And in the tradition of the lovely aficionados, bye! Bye! Bye. She's so cute, guys. I love her. Yay! No, I loved it. That was like, oh... Everything about that letter was so woke. It was really good. She yeah. just gets it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the bulk of the storyline yeah! now? Yeah. We'll blow through it. We talked a lot yeah. about it already. So um, they're talking about how there are hundreds of people still in the bunker, which I relate to. <laughs> I'm not good with big change. I'd be like, this is my home. This is where I'm going to continue yeah. to live. Honestly, until they get like a chopper to take me to... Or, like, the spaceship comes back and I'm not going to get shot at. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay yeah. where I have a bed. So oh, yeah. I'm not sleeping mm. on the ground. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. I'll, like, go outside during, yeah, I'll go pass. outside during the day if it's not raining. Like, the bunker sucks and yeah. it's, like, a bummer to have to eat people for six years. <laughs> until there's a quick That's way a to bummer. get to, like, a new bed, I'm going to stay in this bed. It's a bummer to have yeah. to eat people. <laughs> <laughs> wow what a cool understatement Hannibal Lecter's like I so, so yeah the soil is dead so you know things are bad but they have faced worse yeah because then they had to eat people okay tell me more tell me more like did you eat some people thank you I was in that, that musical was, that was great um, what musical weren't you in <laughs> Most musicals. Hamilton. Give her time. Yeah. Thank oh, she you. She sing the whole soundtrack. I'm working on it. I fully, I fully believe that you will be in every musical. <laughs> Bellamy and Echo come up. And Becca, or Echo's like, thanks so much for saving my people. And she's like, you don't even have a people. We're called One Crew. And also, weren't you heckin' banished? How can this you be is- banished from... I mean, I guess she's like she, before, but, like, she banished her from the bunker, but this part, like, was really confusing and, like, really made me frustrated with Octavia. Octavia just wanted to be messy and petty. Yeah, it was yeah. really petty. Like, also, she's, she, like, decides that she has, that Echo has to leave within a day or she's gonna have to fight in the gladiator ring, but she's also not part of one crew. So, like, how are you going to force someone who's not yeah. part of your, like, cult to fight in your stupid cult. gladiator ring if they're not your people? Like, you can't just, like, you can't make someone who isn't yours do that. I don't, she doesn't. It's so ridiculous that, that he's like, oh, well, she's proved herself on the ring. And she's like, hello, everyone. Everyone here, let it be known. I don't like this one. <laughs> yeah. Like- this one's bad. I love the lack of logic, though, because it just shows how desperate Octavia is for power. Yeah, it's so clearly a power move to, like, she can see people, like, feeling, like, like Kara pointed out, like, there's signs of rebellion already. Yep. So it's such a clear, like, I am still in charge, and if you guys don't listen to me, you're going to be next kind of move. I'm I'm so confused. Like, I'm getting a little bit of whiplash about, like... Wong crew just because I feel like 
a lot of the time it's like, oh, everybody loves Octavia. And then it's like, nobody's really listening to Octavia. But everyone will, you know, sacrifice themselves in this scary glass sand. But also she goes, hey, I don't like this one. And no one goes, boo. They all just kind of go, <laughs> okay. I think because Octavia has very smartly ruled under absolute fear. And so, right. and because there's nowhere to go in the bunker, there's nowhere to run. But yeah. now they're out in the open and everyone's going, oh my God, what if we can finally relax? What if this yeah. is our choice to not be these people, but to be better people? Which is like mm-hmm. why Kane and Abby friggin' bailed the first chance they got. Yeah. You know? So to um, me, I totally buy it. But no yeah. one's gonna be like, boo, Bloodrina. Because, like, you know, <laughs> she has a sword. No, I thought they were gonna boo Echo. They were like, boo, yeah. Bloodrina doesn't even like you. Right. Boo. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, why are her sheep not, like, Bye. Yeah, and then most of them are just like, uh, we don't even know her, so like we don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> I hate that you two made the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> the ship shows up and it drops some food. Nom, it's nom, a snack. Nom. It's not people. It's not. They yay, don't grab it, people. guys. They don't have to eat people for like the first time in so long. That's so nice for them. Yay! And so. They're like, oh, everybody run away. And Bellamy's like, no, I'm not leaving without Echo. And I'm like, honestly, like, thank you. Because I was like, yes. before this episode, I was like, okay, Bellamy and Echo are together. Like, I get it. But like, where? Like, show me the work, please. And like, this episode was them showing me the work. Yes. It just like, you got to have patience. Mm -hmm. That's what the thing with this show is binging. You'd be like, oh my God, all of this makes sense. And it was arc. But week to week, you're like, ah. Yeah, exactly. And so Dio's is over the thing and she's like, hey, we're here offering peace. Like, we know some of you um, think Blood Reina sucks, so you can come and, like, join us and it'll be dope. Thanks. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> bye. Like, I love that moment when they all sort of think it's going to be a, a bomb. Yeah. Because Octavia still very clearly cares about Bellamy because she yep. tells him to get in the bunker. Yeah. he's like... Yeah, but that's my priorities are with other people now, so I'm gonna go protect the people I care about. And I loved that. Yeah. And it also showed that little crack in Octavia's armor, which is, hey, I may be the badass Blood Reina, but also you're my brother, dude. And like yeah. maybe I threatened to kill you, but I don't actually want you to die. I just want you to follow me blindly. And like that plays into what happened in the previous episode where Octavia's like, love no one and no one can hurt you, but she yes. still obviously loves Bellamy. And like he's gonna be a weakness for her, just like I feel like Indra is also a weakness for her. Yeah. Um, because like try as she might, she still loves those two people. And it also kind of feels like uh like he's trying to prove a point when he's just like, Hey, listen, I know this is probably a bomb. But I'm not even going to go in there because someone who I love is, is important who is on the other side. But it, And it also feels like <laughs> she's like a mom in a grocery store. And she's like, little Timmy, get over here. <laughs> and Bellamy's like, just stares at her right in the eyes and then walks the other direction. Like, you know those kids? <laughs> Big yes. mood. Yeah. That's what I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have this scene between Dioza and Kane. And... She, like, you know, it's all theatrics, and it's so cute that, like, they're eating together. Like, they're bros, they're having a picnic. Marcus Kane can make friends with anyone. Yeah. It's so nice. That man is a diplomat. His, like, his superpower is ingratiating himself to people so that he can be friends with them, Mm -hmm. which is so weird, because on the arc, he had exactly zero friends. 
<laughs> yeah, but buddy. He had, he had, like, a friend. Who, Jaha? Jaha and, like, maybe Callie. Callie was a friend with benefits. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. His relationship with yeah. Callie doesn't feel like they're friends. It feels like they're just, like, doing some stuff. Bone? <laughs> Bone? Bone! But also, so, like, you know, wait, hang on. You know that part in a John Mulaney special where he's like, you know those days where you're like, well, this might as well happen. <laughs> That's Marcus Kane in this whole scene. He's like, well, I might as well have a gun pointed at me today. That's just, this is just how we're starting the day. Yeah, yep. whatever. <laughs> Neat. Then she calls Abby his girlfriend. I love how it's like, you guys are going to be like, oh, his girlfriend, because, you know, all of these meta things to say. I'm just like thinking about how respectful it was of her to say your wife. And then he says, she's not my wife. So now she says, oh, your girlfriend. No, I was also thinking that. Yeah. She like wants to properly like label Abby. Yeah. Uh, A friend of ours, um, Alice, she doesn't have Twitter, but she's beautiful, rebellious sunflower on Tumblr. Oh my God. Go look at her fan art. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. Uh, But she like when Dioza called Abby Kane's wife, she joked that she wanted Dioza to just refer to Abby as Kane's lover from here on out. Oh. And, like, she basically did that by calling her girl his girlfriend. <laughs> the word lover bums me out unless it's between the words meat and pizza. You've already made that joke on this podcast. Please um, exit the room. I am a joke repeater. Lizzie McGuire, you are a joke repeater. And also, that's a classic joke from 30 Rock. Also, the word lover was used to describe Kane and Abby in... 504 in the script of screen, so... Ew, I forgot about that. Anyway, but this is, like, people are, like, freaking out, going, oh my god, she got demoted to girlfriend, and I'm like, first of all, she is his girlfriend. She is. And second of all, hello, here's another breadcrumb towards the cabbie wedding. Everybody, like, jump on board. Yeah, everyone's, like, panicking, and I'm like, y'all, it's going great. Everything's fine. Okay, continue. I can't, I'm, I think it's so funny that you said ew. <laughs> it's like when you watch a Shane Dawson video and every time they're scared, they go, ew. Yeah. It's like you say ew for like anything. I, it doesn't matter. I say, <laughs> ew, I forgot. My new thing, like when Sam shows me anything like Kane and Abby related, that's like romance. I'm just like, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah, like ew. they're so in love that it's disgusting. Like that, like, ew, get that out of my face. Like, I love it. I love it so much that I hate it. Like, my favorite, like, new tag that I get on, like, when I make cabbie gif sets is people going, thanks, I hate it. Yeah. And they're just, like, so mad because they're so in love. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's like, this is gross. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's, like, one of the best things. Because I made this gif set about John Locke. Uh Oh, that was so hurtful. And it was, like, painful. It was painful. And, like, I can look at the tags and I love every every single thing about it it's so good because people are just going um what the hell is this i hate this (laughs) i hate this so much it's terrible this hurt 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 my feelings yeah how dare you how dare you is the one i get a lot i feel like it's never more flattering than when someone is literally like wow i hate you yeah yeah because it's like you've made them feel so much that they just loathe everything about you and it (laughs) as they sit there like admiring everything about it and it's like it's a hyperbolic hate like they yeah actually hates anybody no it's that you love it so much that it's like overwhelming yeah it's like wow, I have felt the most, and now I'm going to be telling you about it. Yeah, so, like, when they're, like, when she was, like, his girlfriend, I was, like, ew, that's disgusting. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, smacked Brittany in the leg, like, much, like, I really hurt. (laughs) 
Like much like I did when she called her his wife. So yeah, I was but just this like, one, that one hurt. Still referring to her with terms. She's like, I. She's literally picking all the proper pronouns for Abby. <laughs> I love one woke millennial. Do you guys want to talk about the quote? Fostering dissent is like seduction. Oh my god, I love this. I love that yeah. Dioza says inappropriate things to Kane. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's very strange. But why I'm, does she do this? I'm like, what are you? Why? What? <laughs> it's like she's trying to give Kane like lessons on leadership and on seduction. But like, I can't blame her. Like, this is the first man who's like technically not a convict that she's seen in a hundred years, and besides, he's real like, pretty Zeke, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. She ships Cabby for sure. Oh, she yeah. ships Cabby, but she also ships herself with Kane, and I'm like, big mood. Mm. I also ship me <laughs> with Kane. Sorry, babe. I don't. I'm not on that train. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I support others. Thank you. And their choices. Wait, do you mean Dioza? <laughs> what? Do you mean Dioza? I mean you and Dioza. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I don't ship it, but, like, I understand her hitting on him, because, like, No, girl. I don't ship it. I'm just entertained by I it. I thought you said you shipped it, like, two seconds ago. No, I ship me and Kane. Oh! I was so confused. I ship me and Marcus Kane <laughs> together as a couple. I also ship me and Marcus Thank Kane you. together that's as the, a couple. That's the I was, I was looking for. I was like, why the hell is she kink-shaming me? You said sorry, babe, and I was like, did she just say she ships to Yoza and Kane? I was like... I don't get it, but, like, if you want to. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, continue, Robin. I also ship us with Abby. It's fine. That's fine. I'm not speaking to you right now. Why? Because you don't understand me as a person. I, I misheard you. I have headphones on. You don't listen when I talk. I have headphones on. You are muffled. I also have headphones on, and I can hear you clearly, darling. I yell more than you do. I have Thank died you. of old age. <laughs> Robin, this is literally what it's going to be like to live with us. I'm so sorry. Robin's like, ah, oh, I'm going to pull out of this one real quick. <laughs> There's still so much in this story. Okay, no, okay, no, okay, we have to okay. focus. No more domestics. I gotta go to sleep. No more domestics. Okay. So now they're in the valley and they're setting up the room for the defectors. They're like, hey, you're going to have a party. Thoughtful. So kind. And um, McCreary says you and your politics, which is cool. But like... Dios has always been a political, like, terrorist. Like, yeah, duh. exactly, exactly. And so he's like, oh, maybe we should just kill them. And she's like, we need the farmers, we need the engineers, we need the doctors, like, we need all of these things, obviously. Abby is still working to try, you know, so that she's not in the episode, but she's working, that's why. She drove me here. It's like, it's like last season when they were like, they're taking a nap. I appreciate more. Like, please, at all times, someone remember that Abby is a person. Yeah. Because sometimes they just did it. Right. She's like, if you kill Kane, buy you. Because she's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, Kane is like dividing us and everything. And he like puts a gun to her head. And she quotes Sun Tzu. Which I is love dope... how tentatively you said that. I just wanted to make sure that I got it right. You got it right. Which, if, a dope quote there. I um I think it was like I didn't write it down but it was like um the best like battles to win are the ones where you don't even have to fight which to me could mean two things it's either okay. that you solve things politically or that you destroy your enemy so thoroughly in one strike that mm. they don't have a chance to fight back which I think was the motive right. behind her bombings gotcha yeah 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 I do like 
that uh, Dioza pointed out that if McCreary kills Kane, Abby won't help them because a lot of, not a lot of people, but I think some people were kind of like, hey, wait a minute, when last episode, because Abby said that exact thing and McCreary was like, oh yeah, you will, you know? Yeah, and people were like weirdly like, oh my god, like is Abby switching allegiances? And I was like, and it's like, no, no. she was just like reading up this dude <laughs> yeah. standing in front of her, like acting all big and bad, and she's like, all right, she's like, I'm gonna Should cut him right you? down to size. Yeah, <laughs> which is Abby's specialty. She looks up at really tall men and she's like, I will destroy you, and then <laughs> she does exactly. Okay, carry on, Robin. So talking about how, like, they have everything and the people over there have nothing, they can only defeat themselves. Like, she's right, you know. She is right. What What are you gonna do? And that she is a visionary and she's surrounded by people who can't see. I love that what line. What dope lines in this episode. So good. Yeah. And she is a visionary. Story of my life. That was, like, the moment, oh my god, can you guys, like, imagine this as, like, a, um, a like, trailer for a rom-com? Where he's like, man, what's it, like, can you imagine blah, blah, blah? And she's like, story of my life. And that's when you see the, tri- <laughs> the, like, the title, you know? Yeah, yeah like, in some AU where Dios and McCreary are both good people. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you like, know what we should talk about real quick? What? When we were driving, all three of us, back to my house, or, like, last week. You mean when I was asleep? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you were awake for this part. Aww. It's <laughs> new for me. Like, it, in my shuffle, there was this dope cover of <gasps> the Star Spangled Banner oh, that yes. is, like, put in minor. And there's this really awesome YouTuber who does this thing. His name is Chase Holfelder, and he, like, takes positive songs and turns them to minor. And sometimes he'll take minor songs and turn them to major. It's really, really cool. And he has this version of the Star Spangled Banner that's, like, slow and minor. And it is so haunting. And, like, mm-hmm. my original thought was, like, trailer for a a a post-apocalyptic like it would be so dope please google it like youtube it right now and listen to it while these two talk to you about the dioza flashback black and white slow motion thing that they came up with it is so heckin cool go okay so first of all editing robin insert a clip of the song here yeah if i Um, just it'll just be small because we don't want to yeah yeah but um my thought was, wouldn't, like, take it a step further, apply it to the show, throw back to 2041, and in slow-mo, have Dioza committing, like, the big act of terrorism. It's July 4th, there's Americana stuff everywhere, and then all of a sudden there's, like, explosions and violence, and, like, it's intercut with, like, different, like, shots of Dioza, and then kind of ends with her being arrested and hauled away like, you know, her tattoo burned off and, like, she's screaming bloody murder and, like, all of this stuff. And it's just, like, this incredible act of horrific violence paired with this haunting thing, paired with a character that we've gotten to know really well by then. Yeah. I just think, I think it would be an incredible scene. It would be, it would be dope. Because I really love, like, I want to see Dioza in our world. Yeah, like I want to see Dioza in Washington D.C. I want to see her at the heart of America and taking on whatever fascist government is in the White House and deciding that she's going to like go her own way. Yes, and I also want to see like maybe part of that is also like a flashback within a flashback where 
it's intercut with like her burning off her tattoo or her like betraying her um her fellow seals like her the leaving the service yes her cutting her own throat mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. all the deals of backstory put in with one beautiful song of the free and the home of the brave bro it would be so cool it would be so cool no i'm so obsessed with dioza i don't want her to die no don't kill her don't kill her i would be so upset if she died i'm i like i i'm fine with mccreary dying like merc him don't care yeah. I mean, I like sometimes there's morally gray villains, and sometimes there's McCreary. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I like Dioza is so brilliant a tactician. I want her to live forever. Yeah, yeah. So back in Polis, um, Octavia is saying like maybe that's Dioza's voice, but like those are Kane's words. <laughs> Genius. I so. love that she immediately was like, "This is Kane is behind this." She's like, that- "I know that piece of crap." That peaceful <laughs> traitor. I know that person who just wants everyone to live and not eat other people. <laughs> like, the, there's room for all of us. Weird stance, but okay. <laughs> oh. Um. So Clark comes in. Miller tries to stop her. I think it's so funny that Miller keeps trying to stop Clark and she's like, yeah, let her in. And Miller's like, frick, I'm just trying to do something right. Miller's like, what is my job here? (laughs) What do I even do? Every time I do something, you tell me not to do it. So Octavia's like, we're not rescuing them. So like, whatever. Bye. Stop. They're talking about how they need to stop looking for inside enemies and start talking about their outside enemies. I'm gonna bring up Lost. (laughs) Oh, you guys. One of my favorite monologues in the entire Lost series. I feel like I bring this up all the time because it's like the best monologue. It's in episode 117 called In Translation and John Locke talks about the others. So this is the monologue and tell me this is not exactly what they need to do. Okay. 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 We're so intent on pointing the finger at one another that we're ignoring the simple, undeniable truth that the problem isn't here, it's there. They've attacked us, sabotaged us, abducted us, murdered us. Maybe it's time we stopped blaming us and started worrying about them. We're not the only people on this island, and we all know it. We're not the only people on this planet. And we all know it. Wow. That's great. Do you know how many times I've heard that speech? A lot. A lot? Yeah. It's my I favorite one. fully expected you to bring up Lost during this episode, but this is not where I thought it would be. Oh, where'd you think it if would be? If we can't live together, we're gonna die alone. But if we can't live together, we're gonna die alone. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, she's right. Yeah, because, like, Bellamy is like, no, we survived together when... Yeah. Echo's talking about defecting on her own or something. Uh-huh. Um, right, 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 yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to drive along. Thank you for bringing up Lost. <laughs> Congrats. You're so welcome. So they have the eye in the sky, and Monty needs to take it out, but he can do it from here. It's not a big deal. And Miller's like, yes, true, he's right. And it's like, it's been six years, but Miller's still just like, that's my friend Monty. We were in the rover, and we sang a song. <laughs> And he drove me here. And he drove me here. So she's like, yes, shoot any defectors. Yes, okay, we're going to train now. Okay, neat. 
And Bellamy's um, like, I don't know that chick. Who that? <laughs> I don't claim her or know her. I yeah. don't know her. So Octavia and Kara are sparring, and Bellamy comes in and he's just like, why don't you hang out with somebody who's not scared of you? And I love how Kara's like, <laughs> she's not like, I'm not scared of her. She's literally like, oh, same. Okay, we'll see ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we out. I thought that was like a boss move from Bellamy, though, because like, Kara will give as good as she gets, probably in like sparring but she's also literally afraid of octavia because she's like so loyal to her yeah it's not because like she just thinks octavia is like the best leader ever she's loyal to her because she's she's scary she's blood reina yeah and so they start fighting and she says that he fights like asgeta oh i loved it i love that line i bet he does I bet he does. Bet he does. (laughs) And an Asgeta sure did uh, defeat you once, huh? Oh, you know, she must be so salty about that. Yeah. I bet you she, like, I bet you Octavia banned Asgeta moves instead of learning them. (laughs) She, like, stewed in that for six years. Yep. Uh, Like, like Octavia says there's no Asgeta, but in Octavia's head, there's one Asgeta. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I also just love how this, like, confirms that Echo taught as many of them as were interested yeah. in, like, those fighting skills. Because, mm-hmm. like, we we got to see her teaching Raven, yeah. but, like, this also implies that she taught the rest of them if they mm-hmm. wanted to. And, like, I mean, Bellamy's known her a little more intimately than others. It's <laughs> <laughs> an understatement. Bone! 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 So he's like, whatever, anywhere that Echo goes, I go. And talking about how he doesn't really know her. Yeah, we've talked uh, about this um, recently. And she's saying, this is the things that Echo has done. Gina. I'm like, okay, fair. Ilian. I mean. Okay. Yeah, she's right. Okay, sure. Also fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Octavia. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? She's right. Yeah, yeah. But that was that six was years it. ago. I mean, she was trying to take Octavia alive. But she also wasn't too, like, upset if Octavia died. I think she was. Bro, she was in the conclave, like, the big conclave, like, trying to shoot people with arrows. Well, she was trying to make sure Asgeta won. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which means she wouldn't be too upset if Octavia died. No, in the big scheme of things, I'm saying in that moment on that cliff, she immediately regretted it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. You could see on her face, she was like, oh, crap. She hated herself when she had to tell Bellamy. Bellamy will never be my friend now. Yeah, literally, that was, like, all we focused on last season was all the stuff that Echo did that would make sure that Bellamy was not her friend. (laughs) And now they're... Yeah. Like, literally, in the 401 podcast, we were like, Echo's a crush on Bellamy. Uh, she wants to give him a friendship bracelet. <laughs> and now we're like, oh! <laughs> 501, we're like, okay, sure. Um, it but feels like, good to be right. <laughs> I am always pro-callbacks. Always pro-callbacks. Yes, bring up yep. Gina. Yes, bring up Ilian. Thank you so much. I love Ilian. Still, still love Ilian. Thank you. Because, like, maybe yeah. it's six years ago for Bellamy and Echo, but not for, for us. Octavia. Yeah, Not enough. for us, and not for Octavia, because, yeah. like, I feel like mm-hmm. time passed in a weird way in the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and Bellamy like, wins. Ha-ha! <laughs> I mean, Octavia was injured, but still. Yeah. Yeah, but he, like, knocked her on her back. So. True. And, like, he gives such a good speech. Like, it's, like, the, the speech about forgiveness is so important. They're like, both valid. Mm-hmm. Both 
for Octavia to hear and for, like, the audience to hear. Yeah. Like, it's important to forgive the characters. It's important to forgive your fellow fans. Like, it's forgiveness is crucial to, like, existing as a human person if yep. you're going to be happy yep. at all. I, um, I also love that they released the script to screen here because uh, Bellamy said he loves Echo in that. And I'm like, oh, neat. <laughs> Thank you. I I ship Becco a lot, obviously. Uh, so I, I was just really happy about that. Speaking of, Bellamy and Echo are together. And Echo's like, you can't come with me. And he's like, watch me. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. And she's like, oh, are Monty and Harper also going to come? And he's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked to them about it, but sure. <laughs> and um, she's like, please, like, you guys can't die for me. And um, <laughs> my heart. I think this is when Octavia comes in and she's like, this is like, it's stupid to fight a war you can't, or maybe this is Echo saying, it's been three days since I wrote these notes, (laughs) Um, that, (laughs) that, you know, it's stupid to fight a war that you can't win. Oh, and then Octavia says, oh, here, you should spy for me because that's what you're good at. And, um, you know, if nobody defects, then they'll think that. Uh, one crew is still very unified and they'll lose faith in Kane. So make sure you bring names to me before they defect. Thanks. So Octavia still has, I love that Octavia is not letting the Kane thing go. Yeah. Yeah. She is like, I'm going to punish him in some way, shape or form. Girl holds a grudge. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I just also really like how this, uh, she does acknowledge that Echo is a brilliant tactician and like, she knows what to do in a war. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that for like just a minute, she kind of listens to her advice. Right. Now we have these new characters. Their names are Tariq and Karina. They're Shallow Valley. Not important. They're Richard. And I love them. I love them too. And they're like, we would have left with Kane, but we weren't brave enough because it was just us. And now we have to live with what we've done and we're trying to start a family. <laughs> Guys. I wanted that for them. They deserved a family. They were so small. Do you guys want to hear my mom's horrifying theory about the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I wish that she was still awake so that I could get her to explain it to you herself. But, like, me and mom are literally sitting in a KFC this morning or this afternoon. And she's like, do you want to hear my theory? (laughs) What the hell were you doing in a KFC in the morning? Who goes to KFC in the morning? I, I, I said I meant the afternoon. Well, I was talking over it, wasn't I? Denise, yeah, you so sure were. Sorry, bud. So, um, her theory about the dark year is that rather than being a one kid only thing, it was a no kid thing. Yeah. So they weren't allowed think- to have any kids at all. And what a, an interesting parallel that is with Octavia, who was the second kid. And, like, she thinks that maybe potentially they were forcing abortions on people. I agree with that as well. I fully would see that as, like, a part of that. Because they had to do that in Battlestar Galactica, too, at one point. Mm. Yeah, they had to outlaw abortion in order to keep their population up. Right. And in this one... Or, like, so the reverse of that. Yeah, basically. I mean, it deals with the the subject of abortion. And that would mess Abby up as one of two doctors. Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, God. To force Abby to, like... To, to, To kill... I mean, to, like do that to unwillingly like sterilize women yeah no one honestly no wonder she became a truck that's hard yeah and selena also had a terrible thought about 
children in the bunker. Or no. No, it was no, about this, the, the couple. The couple. Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah, not yeah. children in the bunker. Um, Selena had a tweet where she said, what if Karina yep. uh, was already pregnant mm-hmm. and then Abby loses her on the table next week? Yep, 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 yep. Ugh. Like, everything hurts and I'm dying. Like, I I think it would be dark for TV and it would be, like, dark in general. But, like, logically, I don't get it. Because, like, if you think that you're the last people in the entire world, you're like, yeah, let's just all die out and not have any kids, question mark. I feel like they would have to reach a certain point there's, there's a in their population. Threshold. Right. Like... Once they get back below a certain number, maybe, Octavia would allow them to have kids. Right, because, like, I'm thinking that, like, if it's, like, oh, we have to wait until we're, like, down a little bit more, I'm like, okay, but how malnourished is everybody going to be by then that they won't be able to get pregnant? Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I don't think a woman would be able, in that bunker, considering, you know, we think about cannibalism here, I don't think a woman be, would be able to carry a child to term in the bunker. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, like, I also feel like there was always a little bit of hope in Octavia that they would still get out. Mm-hmm. So it was because, okay to put it on hold for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because when Bellamy shows up, she's like, I knew you'd come. Mm-hmm. So, like, she may have been, like, she did what she did as, like, a... stopgap. A stopgap, stop yeah. And not as, like, forever rule, mm-hmm. but she's still... And now that the bunker's open, she's, like, having trouble finding the balance between how she should adapt her leadership style. Right. Yeah. So Bellamy's pacing and Monty's like, let's not. But also, I can't I can't do it. I thought I could, but I can't. And he's super, super frustrated because usually when Monty puts his mind to something, he can do it. He can. We support so him. We do. And he's like, what are we even doing this for? Just so Octavia can go to war? Like, it doesn't really feel like we're being the good guys. Like, we're not even, like, they want to kill people, not even for defecting, but for thinking about defecting he's right you know yeah he's right and bellamy's like oh we're just trying to get back to our friends like it's a whole thing and like echo comes in and she's like you know what i can't do it i'm not giving everybody up so maybe like if like maybe if echo defects with them because we have a thumb drive here you go and he's like it's not (laughs) perfect because bad things can still happen but that's life Also, you know, along the same vein here is like, this is low-key one of the reasons why Jake Griffin was killed. Mm. Is he was thinking about betraying, like, a secret to the population. Right. Like, it wasn't even that he was going to do it. He was thinking about doing it. Did he not? the same kind of... Did he not do it, though? I mean, he was fully gonna do it. He was gonna, but, like, Abby went to Jaha, like, before and was like, this is what's in Jake's head. And Jaha killed Jake before he could do it. Which is why Abby had to do it. Did he not do it? No, he, Abby he recorded did it. the video, but okay. he never Oh, right, like, right, right. right. Jaha okay, that's what I remember. Bef- that's yeah. what I'm yeah. remembering. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's totally right. So like Octavia, you know, it's 6 years later, Octavia is still taking lessons from Jaha. They're just the wrong lessons that Jaha would be like, "Girl, what are you doing?" Right. Like, <laughs> Jaha's like, "Um, roll it back, edge lord." This is not what I meant. <laughs> I did not die for this. I did not die for this. Also, I love this scene, too, when Echo comes in, because it also feels like, like, I feel like Space Crew has their own agenda as well. I love 
this season so much because the before my people was kind of an abstract kind of thing. Like you, we had people that we cared about within each group of like like clans and all that, but it wasn't really like concrete. But now, like Space Crew cares primarily about Space Crew, which is seven people who are a family. Mm-hmm. And Maddie cares. I mean, Octavia cares about one crew, which is more of an abstract thing. But then there's Clark and Maddie who are a family, and there's Abby and Kane who are a family. And um, so this move from Echo and Monty and Bellamy feels like their sort of little agenda to like keep space crew safe mm-hmm. rather than helping one crew. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't think anyone wants to help one crew. They're all like, okay, y'all just go eat each yeah, other. Yeah, bye. Yeah, they're like, they're bye. like, I'm just trying to keep my family safe. Um, I, and I'm just gonna like keep my head down. Um, so Echo and Bellamy go to Octavia. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, sorry. <laughs> Octavia's like, wow, you have a conscience. That's heckin' new. I guess you have changed. Bleh. And they're like, okay, well, Monty can't do it by himself. So, um, you need to let people defect. And she's like, this is a suicide mission. And it just reminds me of like, in season two, did they not be like, hey, Bellamy, go into Mount Weather. It's a suicide mission, but do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, nope. Clark literally was like, hey, you should go do this. And Bellamy was like, I thought, like, you couldn't risk it. And she was like, nah, I, I can't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a chat. It's fine. So she's like, Dioza will never believe that you defected. Like, you're my brother and she knows that. And they're like, okay, but she will believe his Echo because she's already banished. And Octavia's like, oh, gotcha. Kara's <laughs> like, oh, that will promote dissent. And she's and Echo's like, yes, it will be a political sacrifice, but you know, I mean, that's how you like like we've already talked about like they've already said Echo's the strategist. Yeah, she knows sup, and she knows exactly what she's doing. And mm-hmm. so Octavia's like, okay, but when you as soon as you get up on that ship, that's a you problem because it's not an us problem. And Bellamy's like, yep. it's also a me problem, but yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> He's like, like, we're not coming to save you, and Bellamy's like immediately like like. Girl, I'll do it. if anything happens to her, I'm going to save yeah, her. Don't yeah. listen to her. I'll do it. Shh. It's a secret. <laughs> I just also love how sort of uh, Echo's like saying this will be a, a sacrifice, but I don't know if I should put this here or later when Kara is shooting at people, but like freaking Kara, like Octavia is right as much as I hate it because like they oh, would yeah. see through them, let it just letting them go. But, like, I think it kind of shows that Echo has softened a little. Yeah. That she didn't quite expect that to, like, happen. Yeah. Yo, in a lot of ways, Octavia has become, like, the darkest version of Echo that it could ever exist. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's like, if Murphy, the Murphy to McCreary is the Echo to the Octavia. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. All right. Um, All right. So they give Echo this bracelet and they're like, just give it to Raven and she'll know what's up. And then she and Monty have a hug because she's the only one who liked the algae. And she's like, (laughs) I super didn't like it at all. But I I was just being nice. She did because she loved him anyway. It was just so sweet. That's her friend. She would tell him it was good. Because she cared about it. I love how not even, like, his literal girlfriend was like, she was like, it's bad. Everything's bad. <laughs> um, and speaking of Harper, she just leaves. Does nothing. What's going on? No hugs. I'm going to assume they hugged before 
Monty and Echo, but still, like the show's not going to give me that. I'm a little sad about it. Yep. Let Harper do things. So Bellamy and Echo have their goodbye, and, and Bellamy's literally like, okay, well, um, I guess here's the rest of the plan, and um, yeah, so, you know, I guess, you know, we hope it's, you know, gonna, you know, good, gonna be good, or, or whatever. And she's like, okay, <laughs> cool, let's shut up now. Um, they found each other <laughs> in a cage, and so they'll find each oh, other again. I loved this scene. Because Bellamy's, like, trying to be so analytical about it and, like, distract himself from, like, the fear and worry that he might lose her. Mm -hmm. And I think this is such a... It's such a Bellamy moment. Yeah. And it's such a good example of, like, how well they work as a couple. Because, like, in 501, when Bellamy starts to, like... Like, it's Bellamy. He can, like, get really worried about the people he cares about and, like, spiral. And Echo seems to immediately know how to calm that in him. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, And, like, I love her faith in their relationship. Uh, Like, even though she had, like, concerns when they were leaving the ring. But, like, she has faith that nothing can, like, tear them apart because they found each other in such odd circumstances. So, I, I don't know. I really love it. Yeah. And, like, she just immediately calms him down and, like... It's very passionate and it's very romantic and I liked it a lot. So now they're going to make out and do some stuff. And I'm like, your, your friends literally just <laughs> left the room, but okay. I was kind of worried that I was like, wait, are y'all boning in like a public space? Bone! They were in a tent. Yeah, but whose tent was it? Theirs. <laughs> whose tent like, was that? Monty walks back in and he's like, ooh, okay, whoop, bye-bye. <laughs> That's genuinely what I was concerned about. I was like, is that I mean, a private many, tent? What's happening How many here? times do you think that happened on the art, on the ring, though? Like, there's... Oh, my God! There can't <laughs> have been that much space on the ring. Like, to, like, everyone had their bedrooms, but they must not have had that many bedrooms if Raven and Amori had to be roommates after Murphy and Amori broke up. Exactly. Like, yeah. so, if, if before Bellamy and Echo got together, or, like any like random mix of space crew at any given time like somebody walked in on somebody at some point and you know there's no secrets yeah. between those no, seven anymore like, space crew's like, like like that's why harper's so quiet is she's like i've seen every single one of you naked whether i wanted to or not <laughs> and i'm tired of it <laughs> i feel like that's part of why harper and monty immediately leave they're like okay we're gonna let you guys have uh your alone time now yeah because like we out. Like they know they're together. They're gonna like let them have their 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 goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the ship starts arriving, and they're like, "Oh, let's go." Uh, Clark sees the goodbye, and Clark and Bellamy are just kind of having a, a conversation. Clark's like, "Oh, is Echo defend defecting?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. Um, just give me one second. I'll explain." She's like, "No, we don't got time for that because we're also leaving. <laughs> we don't got time for that." No one- like, we have time to bone, but not that. Yeah. <laughs> bone! And she's like, yeah, Octavia's dangerous, and so, yeah, we just can't stay. Oh, Maddie has run away. Cool. Gotta go find her. Darn it, kid. It's almost like she's a child who doesn't listen to her parent. Oh, what? no. What? What's that? <laughs> Tariq and Karina are going to give up on Echo, but, and they talk about how they're almost free. And then they kiss. <laughs> and then uh, Echo finds them and she's like, just stay with me and we'll be okay. I'm like, yeah, Echo will be okay because she's the main character, but not you two. Yup. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I hate that you can see their deaths coming a mile off. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
It still hurt, though. Like, I knew exactly what they were doing getting me invested in these two, but I still got invested. Yeah. Yeah. I still fell for it. That's good writing. Yeah. (laughs) So the ship arrives and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we're out of time. So everybody starts running and Tariq gets shot and turns out it's Kara's the one who's shooting it. Question, is is she shooting from the exact same room as Echo was in, in 410? Oh, that would be trippy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because it looked pretty similar, and they're in the right location, right? That would make sense. Yeah. My thing is, like, there were other ways to do this. They were, like, they could have shot at their feet, and it would have proven that. Yes. But Octavia was, like, there was a part of Octavia that wanted them dead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. It was shoot to kill. It wasn't shoot to wound. Yeah. It absolutely was. And so they get up there and they're like, um, sup? And she's like, yeah, Octavia told me to do it. So I'm fine with murder as long as uh, somebody else can take the blame. And I'm like, that's not really how murder works. You can't be like, someone told me to murder her. Like, well, um. I was following orders. so awkward because no one really actually told you to do that. That's sane. Octavia's not a sane person. No, No. literally not. But like. But, like, she's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You may may be the blood radar, but I'm in charge. (laughs) Um, Bye. So Bellamy goes to talk to Octavia, and he's like, um, hello, you said you'd spare everybody. And she's like, I said I would spare Echo, which is very reminiscent of Dio's, of him being like, you said you wouldn't hurt anybody. I said that I wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love this moment. This was yeah. a boss moment for Octavia. It was diabolical and it was horrible, but I was like, ooh. But I was also like, oh, she's not entirely wrong. Yeah. She wasn't. But she I wasn't. hate it. I hate it, but this she is, wasn't. This is one of those thanks I hate it moments. Yeah. Where I actually hate it. He's like, are you gonna are you gonna murder your own people? And she's like, they ain't my people. Yeah. They enemies of Wong Crew. I've literally been telling them this whole time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're technically traitors. It's almost like you force people into being part of a clan that they didn't want to be part of because you wanted to be the boss. Hmm. Wow, I can't believe people would defect and not be down with that, Octavia. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Anyway. And so she's like, yeah, it's just it's more believable that way, right? She's right. Yeah. She's right. I hate it, but she's right. Yeah. So all the defectors are on board the ship, and Karina was also shot. Um, and, you know, the people are coming through, and they're, like, taking all their stuff. And they take Echo's bracelet, and you're like, uh-oh. Bet Echo knows what's Heck. up, though. Robin, yeah. do you know what I was thinking type. during this scene? What? Kane walks up to Echo, and he must look at her and go, which one are you? Literally. I literally tweeted that. I was like, Kane looks at her and is like, you're one of the important ones, but I don't. No. I want to say Amori? Yeah. <laughs> You're the grounder one. Oh, no, there were two grounders? Damn it. They met. No, Rob, Robin and I have this running joke where Kane can't keep track of all of his kids. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he doesn't know their names. Okay. So he's like, are you are you Harper? No, Harper's blonde, but you're kind of blonde. You're one of the blondes. Are you, you're not Clark, because I know that one. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I definitely know. That's the one I definitely know. Like, it's basically like Marcus Kane can't remember any of his kids' names. He's like... like so he looks at Echo. He's like, I don't recognize... <laughs> I, I kind of recognize you... Are you the very tiny new one? No. You're way <laughs> taller than her. I don't know. Way taller than her. I don't know. We just, like, we went insane one podcast and decided that Kane <laughs> didn't know, like, the names of all of the kids. And so he just kind of guessed. 
And Abby's the one who keeps track of it. Literally one of my favorite jokes was like when (laughs) I made a stupid joke when like Harper was upset about Lewis dying in the black rain and Kane was like trying to comfort Harper, right? And Kane would walk up and he would put a hand on Harper's shoulder and say, it's okay, Monroe. It was was so dark and I don't know why we thought it was funny, (laughs) but we were like at the part of the season where like, it was season four, so like nothing was making sense. Yeah. We were like, okay, let's just have fun with this. (laughs) So this character that's walking around, his name is Parker. So that's the thing to know. He's like, oh, it's okay. Like Abby will save her when we get back to the ground. They start putting shock collars on everybody, but Kane doesn't get one. (laughs) And Charmaine's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Like you're my buddy now. And my buddy, like, my buddies don't get shot collars. Dioza has a weakness. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Like, I, I like this, though, because I like that she's like, yeah, you're my friend now. Like, I trust you. And I'm like, you shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, fully you shouldn't. He's not on your side at all. <laughs> he, has, he has one loyalty, and it's to the lady on the ground. Yep. So, like, when she Dummy. says, oh, your girlfriend's whatever, she's like, oh, your girlfriend. Ugh. Oh, your girlfriend. Whatever. I think, I think I'm just going to run away with this headcanon because, like, it makes no sense and it's not canon. No. But I have fun thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> like, in like this, what a good beard. Yeah. In this AU, I'm Diosa. <laughs> um, and so she hid the drive inside of Karina's bullet wound. In the exit wound. In the exit wound. And I'm like... Okay, <laughs> like I feel like she's gonna give it to Raven, and Raven's gonna be like, "Is there blood in this? It is broken. <laughs> it fully does not work now." <laughs> My thing is like, she would give it to Raven and be like, "Is there blood in this? How many times have we talked about this?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Again? Freaking again?" <laughs> I mean, it's Echo. <laughs> Bro, three hours. Why do we keep doing this? Okay. But also, I, like, Nadine was, we were doing dishes with Nadine, and Nadine was like, I love the long ones. If they're not at least an hour long, I'm upset. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, at least we know that people like when they're longer. Yeah. yeah. So now it's time for a segment. So my first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is also our favorite line award. Uh, so my favorite line award goes to Echo and Monty for... Don't get killed, okay? You're the only one who liked my algae. Actually, I was just being polite. Aww. So cute. And mine goes to Dioza for... Relax, Kane. Fostering dissent is like seduction. Takes time. And mine also goes to Dioza for... uh... Or she is in control and you're not as useful as your girlfriend after all. And my segment is CGSW, which is the Clark Griffin Shower Watch. Girl has still not showered and I'm getting a little concerned. Those hands are so dirty. A little grimy. Mm. Uh, my next segment is the most valuable protagonist award. So this week's MVP is Echo. Woo! Well earned. Yes. And my last segment, which I think is my best segment, mm. is the Marcus K. Beard appreciation. Good beard. Good beard. Good beard. Good beard. And controversial beard. opinion, I still like the hair. It yeah. looks a little silly, but mm. I like it. I still like it. He's a Desmond man through and through. Exactly. Also, the beard got fed this episode. Like, he deserves it. He yeah. got a snack. Yeah, he got, he got, he got snack. a snack. Num, num, num. How many episodes since the last murder? Unbelievably, since last episode when we literally had a streak of one, there was more murder this episode. Aww. Oh, dang oh, it. Ridiculous. It's, it's a, a damn shame. It's a yeah. fresh murder. Really too bad. And now for trailer reactions in three, two, 
one, pull Play. away. Maddie looks oh, so wow. offended. I'm so that scared. Okay, so she Protect did. Abby. Monty's Monty. right, you know. Monty's right. Uh-oh, Indra. Cabby fight, cabby fight. I am so ready for that fight. Oh Everyone's God. like dreading it, and I'm like, no, let them fight. Like, that was my Let them yell at each other. It's so hot I when love they it. yell at each other. Don't say things that we only say to each other. Don't say that to the public. <laughs> I say that to the public anytime. All right, anyway. We're going to see Ethan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, see, they're all training. Like, yes. oh, man. Look, and there's more kids in the bunker than we thought there were. Maddie I fell love, down. I love how offended Maddie looks when someone knocks her down. Like, yeah. how dare you? It's like, no Clark way. let me win every time. Trying to save Karina. Rip She's quick. I'm, I'm really hoping Abby's addiction didn't, like, kill Karina, but I feel like maybe it did, but who knows? I mean, I think Echo sticking a flash drive in her back. I don't think that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Shallow Valley. That's Kane walking. Thanks Monty. so much. We recognize the swagger. Indra. Is this not? I'm really interested in uh, Indra talking about the dark. Like, yeah. Is this not Indra is on the like, table? Am I crazy? It looks no, like Indra looks like, because of the tattoo, but no, I don't think it's right. Oh, yeah, that's no, fully a man. No, that's fully like a the, man. No, Sorry, I'm saying fam. it looks like Indra with the tattoo, which means maybe it's like an, a former member of Tree Crew. Okay, yeah. It yeah, could be a- right. Because I was going to be like, Indra's literally just talking and now she like, looks like she has a bullet wound in her head, but okay. No, I think it looks like a Tree Crew tattoo. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then um, a cabbie fight. Yeah. Ooh, yikes. Which is going to be interesting, and we have theories on that, but also it's, there's really no point in theorizing on it because we don't know what's happened. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you are so inclined, please give us a review on iTunes. We are very interested in those. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We just finished season two. We've done season one. Come join us. We're starting the new season um, in the fall. Yeah, and we're going to be also covering the new Sabrina show on that feed. We like Archie comics here at The Aficionados. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, We finished all of season one. Uh, Season two has started, but we haven't posted it yet. Um, But our first episode is um, with Claire of Metastation fame, and it's a really, really dope episode. So look forward to that coming out. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. Honestly, wherever social media is sold. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with the underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And I also run at The 100 Script. We are going to be starting Nevermore as soon as I get back from my vacation. Sam, where can we follow you on the internet? You can follow me at Sam Casey's on Twitter. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And our next episode is episode 507, Acceptable Losses. Don't know what that means, but I'll be in California during it. Yeah, you're going to be at Disneyland and I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> I think it means Karina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.